You want to kick me out of here. Well, a hospital stay costs a lot of money. My bowels don't work. I'm in pain. I just got operated on, for Christ's sake. Well, uh, perhaps your bowels would be working better if you hadn't tried to eat the sausage sandwich on 328. No, I don't believe this. With all the money I've been contributing over the years, you want to put me in the street. Look, you, you, you think we're the enemy, but if you hadn't had insurance, you would have ended up at the county hospital. It's a good thing that you had your card with you when they performed the wallet biopsy. The what? In the ambulance. If you hadn't had your card with you, they would have dropped your butt at Martin Luther King. The wallet biopsy. Get out of my room, you sick cunt. And welcome back to WTF and Von Adil. I'm Spicy Ryan, and I'll devour the freshest crop and dry up all the wounds with my rock and roll sores with... The Fox Danger. And we've been what? gone. <laughs> what, that's, that's, you don't know that song? No, dude. That's, that's uh, Angel with the Scabbed Wings by Marilyn Manson. Oh, I just don't remember that one. Gonna dry up all the wombs with my rock and roll sores. Mm. And we've been gone for a couple weeks. First, we were gone because we had a guest who fell asleep. <laughs> he ate a big meal and fell asleep. <laughs> and did not come back for the podcast. We go, eh, fuck it. You know, I've heard worse excuses than that, though. He got the itis. The itis, man. If any of those Boondocks fans are listening. The, the diabetes? I don't know. No. Have you ever seen the Boondocks, Fox? Diabetes? No, I haven't, actually. So, if you had, Granddad opens up a soul food restaurant where there's like a bed and everything, and people come in and eat a bunch of food and fall asleep. And it's, you know, it calls, you get the itis. You can fall, eat a lot of food and you fall asleep. It's called the itis. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then eventually you, you know, get, you know, never mind, I'm not going to ruin the episode. So, and then next week we were off because I got COVID. I'm still getting over it. That's why I sound a bit raspy. But that was that was a lot of fun because then Kara got COVID as well. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was great. We had COVID one day apart. It was great. I don't know. And then did we miss a third week in there somewhere? No, this is the third week. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I don't know. Oh, fuck it. Okay. No, we respected the listeners' time, Fox. That's, that's oh, that's right, that's right. Yes, which we got an email about, in fact, which is really refreshing because we have not gotten an email in quite a hot minute. Yeah, man, you almost think that nobody listens to us or something. Yeah, you know, I start to wonder these things. Maybe we don't respect right. people's time. Maybe we're not appreciated. Maybe. But then we got <laughs> another email right into that one. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, man, that's, like the world is changing. That's more emails than we've gotten the entire year. Everything's all topsy-turvy in these troubled times. Yep. But, yeah, but today we're going to be talking about the July 22 update, which we all thought was going to be the Empyrean Plus 2 update because they teased like a week and a half before the update was to launch, like the whole six Empyrean Plus 2 bodies and everything. And we know it's only going to be the Plus 2 first, as they said in the fan fest. So we're like, oh, cool. I guess the Empyrean's coming this update because they're showing us they have all the stuff done. Hey, hey guys, resub. Here's an image of stuff you could get at some point. And then telling us we're going to get one key item in La Folia every 20 hours, da 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 and then, and then it comes and all we got this update was nothing. We did get something fancy, though. The famous Colibri camp. It's back. Yeah, and it, it actually kind of looks like it used to. Well, I mean... Except there were human beings playing there before, and now there aren't. Yeah, it's... Yeah, fuck. It's terrible. You know... Sometimes I wonder, like, when it comes to SE's problem-solving skills, like, what they're, what exactly they think is going to happen. They have the problem-solving skills of a crackhead, okay? They just they just don't have any good ideas. The last time they tried to solve the problem was to do something stupid and then undo it. 
and it wasn't effective either way. At least, at least before I had said at least they tried something, but then they just haven't tried since. We're like, yeah, we're gonna keep trying. Oh, fine, they didn't do fuck all. So now the response was to create a giant zone, the crawler's nest. That there was, you know, there were still tons of fucking bots there, but it was there was too big to bot, frankly. And now they made another zone, which is not large, and there are tons of bots there as well because the new locust mobs do what fox. Well, I like their design. Um, they have higher HP than Apex mobs. 50k uh, more. Yeah. Which is nothing. Uh, resistance to area of effect attacks, so you can't uh, AoE them like you could in Nest. And it's zero damage. It's not like in Odyssey or in Divergence or whatever. The Juno zone does the same thing on the certain eyes. It's uh, not 95 minus, it's 100% minus. Yeah. And then uh, greater exemplar point rewards than Apex mobs. And they, they do, but you don't really feel it while you're doing 20%. it because you're not getting it as quickly as an AOE party, you know? It's 20% more points. Yeah. So when they first came out, I ran out there on Ninja because that's one of the first things I always do. And I found out that you can just like three shot the mob. So I was like, okay, so higher HP doesn't really matter. People will be out here with hybrids in no time. Um, I guess you can't AOE them. Yay. And basically it was just it was just a place where the bots could set up their their master level farms and just like churn through players faster. I guess I I don't know, you know, because people are gonna buy it and then like stand out there and get their points faster or some shit. What's nice about these though is that they're not high level. Like the it wasn't like promi tier mobs, which is yeah, like, those were like one forty ish. These are one thirty three to thirty five for the colibri, and the wivra are one thirty five to one thirty seven. Yeah, I noticed that the the, the first day uh, when I went out there on Black Mage, um, because I I could like hit the bobs without any real issue in melee as Black Mage, so that that should tell you you know what the accuracy requirements really look like. I don't know the exact numbers; I like do. they're still somewhat high. Okay, it is on a one hand job user, which is all that matters. It is twelve eighty one to cap that's the colibri. Yeah, that's really low. That's super low. The Wivera being three levels higher make it 13, doing math in my head, 30... It's like 1330-something, 30 1332, which is not that high either, but it's the 1332 is at the point where people will miss a little bit. Yeah, I mean, unless you have, like, decent gear sets. So ideally, in my opinion, you would just go for the Wivera, but the problem is, since there's so many people up there either soloing or botting, selling points and stuff, because if you're just a bot up there it's your your place to be because 20 percent more points the same setup you were always doing why wouldn't you do it but you know the colibri taking your food kind of ruins that because you can't keep food for the wiver which would make it easy yeah and the reason i went out there on the first day as black mage uh, was to test a few things about punishing bots and that was so that i could find ways to mpk them because the colibri can they colibri reflect which is great Yep, you certainly can. You just have to be really, really fast about it. And what I mean by that is uh, you can actually, like, death people using Calibris. <laughs> but the, the problem is that if you lose all aggro on the mob, so, like, the first thing I tried uh, was I, try, I, I did death, and then I did uh, sleep to the mob, and then I uh, logged out and logged back in really quick. And when I, and I tracked the, uh, the hex ID of that mob using the add-on, and when that mob was like engaged to the party, like it didn't reflect death on anybody. And I can tell you for certain that it reflects death because I had to make multiple trips out there. <laughs> Why didn't you just use rearrays? I, I didn't care enough to. It didn't matter to me. I probably should have, but it's whatever. People um, are having yeah, but, trouble finding. I, I got you finish your story first. I'll tell them. 
Well, I found that it's actually pretty effective uh, because their 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 bards will actually uh, keep grabbing mobs generally. So what I did was I, I actually started just casting Sleep Gatu into them, and that really slowed them down quite a bit. So if you end up fighting um, against a bunch of uh, a bunch of those bots and stuff out there, um, if you have someone who can like throw out Sleep Gas and Break Gas and stuff, it's really helpful, especially since your party is theoretically not full of bots and you know you you can react to that better by uh like curing those status effects if it happens to come back at you and like standing out of range properly that sort of thing whereas they're all clustered up and they're going to hit get hit with sleep goes and break goes so yeah if you're next to the mob uh and next to them when they throw a boomerang or something and then it wakes up or whatever happens to wake it up provoke or something if it provokes just go on them but it would hit you and them now because they have hate on it too right yeah so you can still hit them and- with all this stuff and if you are soloing Calibri out there and you are doing any kind of like light or fusion skill chain, do not use King of Hearts. <laughs> yes. Because King of Hearts tries to burst Faraga 4. And that that wasn't really that bad at first. But uh, there was one point where I was out there on Ninja because I like his source of haste and Dia like as a, as a way of just being consistent because he, he prioritizes those things. Uh, he burst a... Uh, I made a light skill chain. I actually didn't kill the Calibri. And he burst Faraga 4 and I hit like five of those birds. And they all turned around because they weren't claimed for some reason. And I thought I had seen the end of times. Like <laughs> there was nothing but fire and it was terrible. So just watch out for that if you're ever using the king. It's my my tip of the day. So people are having trouble uh, finding the camp because everyone wasn't around, I guess, at 75 and didn't know where the Colibri Maripo camp was. So you have to yeah. you have to go through Azadal Undersea Ruins. But little did I know, like four years ago, when I made a map, a composite, like I've only made like two maps in this game. And the Azadal Undersea Ruins map is probably my favorite map that I made because it looks swank. It just looks kind of clean for what it is to display. It's not that great, but it's, I, I thought it was decent. And I have on there, four years ago, I put the, like put a little note here to the famous Colibri camp I wrote. And then I got to tell it a day, thanks for the map you made that shows me how to get to the Colibri camp. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know they were going to add Locust Colibri to this place, but hey, now, you know, if you need it on BG, it's it's there on the Azadel Undersea Ruins page. Yeah. I had actually forgotten how to get there. I couldn't remember which of the four teleporters it was, so I actually had to use Top that page left. to refresh myself. So you, you zone left, you go past the first portal in the middle. There are like four in the middle and a square. You go past that one, and it's that one, and you go to the Not Bright oh. portal. So it's That's the, the one you use? Yeah, and then you go to the Not Bright portal afterwards, because now you're in front of Salvage, you don't go to Salvage. You go to the left to the Not Bright portal. The bright ones always take you backwards. And then you zone, and then you go right outside, and it's right there. I go to Southwest and use the uh, left portal. Yeah, you go left, then you run past, you make you go past the little quick runs up the stairs, you make the little right into the door or whatever, and then there's the portal, and then you, whichever door it goes to, and then you run past that one to the next portal, and that's it. <laughs> I just know that you go left past the first one and that's it. Yes. Yes. That would be the southwestern one. Yes. I just, there's no left. <laughs> I don't have the compass in front of me. You know, it's funny. I always have to uh, refresh myself on where all the remnants are and stuff when I'm doing a mythic and I'm doing the, the trial for salvage. Like, I can never remember which of those portals were which, even though I could once upon a time. So I guess that's just, you know, where our minds are going nowadays. I always have to, like, look it up again now. And I, I could remember it in the past. So a lot of people in the Endgame community were publicly complaining, this isn't better than AoEing. But AoEing is rather 
restrictive of what jobs you can take and what setups work and what people even will join your group. Because sometimes you just can't find the right people and you can't do your AOE group. If like no tank wants points because they go to every event, every Odyssey, every everything and have enough points and don't need points, they're not yep. going to. And if people are unfamiliar with how to do it, we had... So you and I went to AOE the other day and now my Black Mage is Master Level 29, oh. which is awesome. But we had to find a tank. So we found... It was Nespoot. Nespoot or Nespot? Yeah, he was learning for the very first time. It was old Nessie. And we invited old Nessie to the party. <laughs> and he, had, he was like zero job point room. But he had Epio and stuff. And he said to tell, like, I'm not, I've never done it before. I'm not sure if I'm ready. Da, da, da. But like he had, you know, he has phalanx gear and stuff like that. And he's got Epio. And it's like, oh, of course you're ready. You're ready to go do this. Let's do this. And, you know, you had to standardize how to like the instructions for, because anyone can go pull mobs. Then you have a bunch of mobs in front of you. But what do you do? How do you establish hate? How are you doing this? Because if you're casting Geistwall or Sheepsong, as Fox pointed out in the party, I said it's not going to claim them all. Fox goes flat out. It only claims 15 targets. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So Fox knows the exact number, as you do. And the problem is... is that work? The problem is, not only are they so bunched up, you can't control which ones you're hitting. You have like 50, 60 mobs in front of you. You can't you can't sit there and make everyone, hold on, guys. I think I got 15 in this corner. And so what you have to do is go sub blue and use Healing Breeze after the Sleep Go or whatever has gone out. So you now have hate and you can use Foil. Da, da, da. But then the first pull, the first thing I told him is don't get caught in mid-cast because you will instantly die to all these mobs. And the first thing that happens in the first pull is he gets caught in mid-cast and everyone wipes. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's that's what you don't want to have happen. So then he goes, oh, it happened to me in the first pull. And it's like, okay, you know, it's a learning experience. Da, da, da. So it never happened to him again, which is great. It's nice to see someone learn. That's And basically it was he pulled everything and then it was a sleep cut. Then there was a healing breeze. Then he would recast Phalanx and Cocoon. And another foil, because after the Healing Breeze does foil, then the Phalanx Cocoon, then the foil, and he does Slash. So we all know that we're ready to start, because there's so many mobs, you don't know what the fuck's going on. You can only see them buffing sometimes. So once a Slash has happened, because parties that I've gone to just don't communicate. They just pull it, and then people start AOEing like, it's safe, right? And then that's how you have people die. <laughs> just guess. That's how you have people die. But Yeah, the, the, the best way to approach it is to let all of the uh, like like your black mages present or anyone who can like do an aoe like sleep needs to sleep and then the tank needs to use a job ability that uh or, or even just an action on all of those people because then you're putting on your hate list everything that those people have hate on it may not be everything at this point but it's still better than nothing and that will keep people the most safe and then you want to like continue to try to spread out those abilities throughout so you can keep getting on the hate list as more mobs are actually able to be put on the hate list and that's how you keep your party alive. Yeah, I would, because once it's starting, you're not going to cast Healing Breeze because you're going to die. No. So you would say, oh, yeah. like, one for all, and then Valiance. And if he has, he has the Epio, so he has Lament. So those three, he could rotate mm -hmm. and not have to worry about dying. And your pulls take so long that, that you can actually use all of those every single pull. So it's, it's realistic. And that's how, I mean, honestly, he went right to 1,200 points. We got two master levels. Yeah, and you know now he's like now I can wear terms. I'm ready for the big boy leagues. It was decent despite how afraid we were. Yeah, and it started off rough because we had we had someone who was not to the rescue at the start. They were just standing there in white mage, not caring, and we're like, okay, guys, sleep can stop damage. It was the one time I had gone to the party as Geo sub red mage instead of Geo sub black mage. I wanted to sleep so bad, and I couldn't. But it all worked out, and I think it was 
another good example of when people who aren't comfortable say something and get out there and you have like this, the party leaders discuss like job to explain to people what you want done. You like, yeah. hey, this guy's not here. I'm going to give you a template, follow this template as he did. And everything worked out for the better. We, we killed a bunch of stuff and we got a bunch of points. But if you're afraid and don't join or the party leader doesn't do this job, which is generally the case and just says nothing and expects everyone's supposed to just intrinsically know what's going on at all times, which never works out, then yeah, an AOE party is a disaster. Yeah, that's really the point here, too, is that just because this guy wasn't like a pro veteran forever, like all the shouts seem to indicate people need to be, um, doesn't mean that like we didn't have like a great party and the party was perfectly fine. Oh, yeah, I was happy because a lot of times I just can't find people like this was the only tank that's in a tell that was the only white mage in a tell. Like I, there was not people lining up to join this. I know part of it's me and being blacklisted <laughs> or whatever. I know that's definitely right. part of it. But the other I part is just you won't you won't shout. <laughs> so, I'm not going to trust again as I trust again. Right. And then the other part is just that you know one the shots are being drowned out by bots, but then two just people either aren't familiar with it, don't want to join it, don't have those jobs. Da, 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 da. And it's just it's. To have anyone that wants to come, because half the party wasn't getting master levels. The bard, the white mage, or the core of the white mage, and the uh, the tank were all getting job points, and they were very low on job points, apparently. So, Yeah, AoE, especially in Crawler's Nest, is fantastic for people who are still trying to actually get to job master. And it gives them some experience on the job while they do it, so it's kind of win-win. We've just had our Plus, Corsair not do anything, that way we could stop the fight whenever we had to. You know, the Corsair was honestly the, the one who impressed me in the party the most because the guy didn't just use roller or whatever. Like he sat there, he communicated with us what roles he was going to do, even though he wasn't even Aeolian edging, which was fine. He started off doing it too. And then we just told him to stop so we could sleep because the first pull was the one where the tank immediately died and we needed him to stop. And then he just, we never told him to start again. Well, yeah, because the three of us who were capable of crowd controlling were the ones who were in call and they were not, you know, and most so we were just talking it don't uh, have that. Most groups aren't yeah. Geo, Black Mage, Black Mage for the AoE burns, like Dragoon or someone else, like a Bard using Earth Crusher or something. But to me, this Corsair was perfectly fine, even though he had stopped Aeolian Edging, because one, the Aeolian Edging would have been a detriment to us because he couldn't communicate as well. Um, and then two, he still made sure to communicate his role, and he waited for people to come back. Like when the tank was pulling, he didn't just roll his, his uh, Corsair's role. No, he waited for everyone to be in, uh, be around him, and then he uh, he managed his roles properly. Like he was always hitting like luckies and elevens and stuff, and he never like busted trying to gamble or any of that shit. Um, he just performed his role perfectly well, and to me, it was acceptable that he wasn't doing damage because he was doing everything I wanted a corsair the, to be there for. Paying attention, not AFKing. Yeah. Yeah, you just did effective rolls because we had enough damage otherwise. Like we were just murdering. And we've had people that go AFK and put their roller on and people just don't get rolls because they're pulling or whatever. And I get so annoyed to not get Corsair's roll because I'm pulling on Black Mage along with the tank, which is why I think Black Mage is the greatest job to invite to this because I can pull an entire thing with Mono Wall if I want or just having Mono Wall there in case something goes wrong. And I mean, those things have both proved to be pivotal in these parties. And just being able to pull alongside that, but then not be there for Corsair as well, because the guy's just auto-botting is just annoying. Yeah, it's like the worst thing you can do to your party. And I think a tip for those parties that needs to be shared more is the fact that we don't use Wizard's role for like a little bit of magic attack bonus, as you might think you should on... on oh, yeah. Yeah, no. or not even Sandra. We just use Gallant's role. And I use yep. like an omelet sandwich for the HP and the defense and the accuracy, because I'm meleeing on Black Mage too, while I also use a cold acumen, which is helping. Yeah, I guess shit will happen, and you want the defense rolls on those mages so you can at least adjust the P to favorably in some way. So you don't just die. Um, 
yeah, like you'll notice a lot more people will go to red or orange by the time you can get them healed as opposed to people who will just flat out get annihilated because they don't have the extra defense bonus. And the same thing goes to like when you invite bards to those parties too. Have them do March, March, and then Knightsmen, Knightsmen. Because like giving those extra int rolls, uh, int songs don't really it's do not that. important, yeah. Yeah, you have like three AoE damage dealers plus. So there, there's no reason to do that. You need time to be able to heal. You need like, and, and if it's a rune fencer, they don't have that extra defense of a paladin. So getting that defense is the difference between taking damage on the pole or standing there or not. So you don't want to take any damage while they're standing there. Yeah. And speaking of just standing there, the least effective person I saw in the party was the white mage we invited. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. White mage is already going to be a harder sell for the AOE parties because it's nice to have the region five and the long phalanx for those poles, especially if you have a rune fencer. We need and the storms. Yeah, and uh, White Mage is generally fine as a healer, but the regen just doesn't last long enough for the tank to not become they, scared. They had no duration gear on their no job point White Mage. Their regen was two minutes, yeah. and their haste was two minutes. And But a White Mage can do it. The problem was that this White Mage just kind of went AFK randomly, and he was just basically a terrible White Mage. <laughs> so... That was really scary. Like, at any given point, we didn't know when we were going to get heals. Yeah, they, we would have it where it was, like, it was slow death, too. Like, you're getting chunked down, you're in yellow, multiple people are in yellow. Yeah. And we're just slowly, there's no cures for 30 seconds, and someone's in I red start now. On Geo. You start curing, there's a cure four thrown out instead of doing damage, and then just no, no cures have happened about it. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to die now, white mage. Yeah. Like, if you just cure, everything's fine. Like, those parties, you can't fall asleep. You have 60 mobs around you. Maybe if you're really pulling heavy duty, you have 80 mobs on you. You, don't, you can't not get cured. Yeah, exactly. Well, my regen four for two minutes wasn't enough. Sorry, guys. Yeah, like even White Mage Subscholar though can like give storm spells to your to your damage dealers. Can and unless they just do the one storm and don't give anyone the right storm. Yeah, but this one didn't give anyone the right storm, which was awesome. Hey, two minute and, storm, uh, take it or leave. Yeah, and I mean you don't need long, long storms either. Like just you only need storms when you're doing damage. So just cast them when they get there, and when you know. The rune is like buffing up and stuff and getting ready so that everyone can start doing their AOE damage, like start giving out storms, actively play your job so it's less boring. And I, like finding a tank can be hard too, but if anyone is trying to get points in their blue mage, this is a really good chance to show that you care about blue mage because I would definitely take a blue mage for this. Blue mage is probably well, preferred or pulling? both. Yeah, okay. You could, I mean, I'm not going to give the role to everything at once, but I'm saying if I can't find a tank, I'd be happy to have a blue run out there and pull. And, uh, you know, depending if you have a full Neame set and stuff, you could possibly, I don't know if you could evasion pull that whole zone. You can. You uh, when, when this first came out, I was joking my own pulls just solo, and I was evasion pulling. The, what do you think the evasion's around there, around 1300 plus? Probably, yeah. As long um, as you have a I Mambo have from the issue. Bard, if you have a Bard, but otherwise you're going to need evasion food. Yeah, you definitely have to have your movement speed, and you definitely have to realize that with more mobs, you are going to get hit 20% of the time. Like, that's the part you want to focus on, not the 80% miss rate, but the 20% the that will hit you. And when you have that many mobs on you, you have to be very, very careful still. It'll save so. you, and you can get enough defense and everything otherwise. But yeah. just having it all slept when you run into camp and then being able to establish hate on everything and then actually dodging, and then you should be able to with Barrier Tusk on. And well, then again, Phalanx is essential here. Mm, you need a scholar. So there's a lot of things that have to work for the blue mage here. Now that I'm working out of my head as we go, a <laughs> scholar would be essential unless you're sub red mage for Phalanx, which also would work. Although ideally, you'd want to be sub rune fencer, so you could have AOE hate tools. Yeah, that's true. But just having well, a blue mage, like I would take a blue mage to heal over this guy too if I had a tank. But just to have a blue mage to AOE 
Antenic Burst, Tenable Crush, stuff like not Tenable Crush. I don't know. Like um, you'll you'll still get uh, Excavation and um, Phantod. So like you if you Phantod. do the whole if you do the Healing Breeze trick and then you you Phantod the shit out of yourself, you should be okay. Oh yeah, I'm not. Initial hate is no problem. It's it's just establishing hate on everything is easier when you have um, the AOE stun that starts with a T. That's not Tenable Shift. Yes, <laughs> Ten the Shift. Yeah. Words. Blue Mage. Blue Mage. I don't play that job and use Right. I, I you I've been super happy though on Blue Mage just breaking off from the group. And uh she'll see. Like it's the five of them and then me. And I'll go off and pull on floor three, two families, three families, depending on if the third family is like a halo, and I'll sleep them and have a I'll pull a whole halo by myself on Blue Mage with Captivation and Regen 5. And stand there in AoE stun and then doom everything and just stand there while an entire Halo is attacking me. I just, just stand there, don't care. And just yeah. then everything dies from doom. And then I start fighting the Halo by myself. And they'll show up and be like, hey, welcome to the party, guys. I almost killed the Halo. Yeah, before we took our break, I had started on like mini tangents about just looking into jobs and like keeping jobs on your radar that can potentially maximize roles within the party. Like uh, jobs that can kind of act as their own one man armies or things that you really want to pay attention to and being able to like split their roles between multiple duties. Um, that's going to turn the six man content because that's what SC is limiting us to is the six man content. You're basically effectively using like parties of 12 if the jobs can do multiple roles at once. So you really want to pay attention to those sorts of things and like keep that on your radar, like what jobs are getting what. So that uh, you can kind of see where like a job can be more meaningful um, in practice, even though it looks like they aren't doing like all the epic savage blade damage in the world. You know, it's just yeah, it's 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 doing the same savage blade damage everyone else is doing, which is the standard bar for damage in a party, which is it meets. But it's uh, the fact that people just take a tank or people take no tank. So if you have five players with no tank, or if you have five players with a tank, the setup's the same. So. You know, this group can go with a scholar region and everything, kill everything by themselves and like pull stuff around a halo before going in if I'm busy with something else. Or I can take a whole halo by myself, depending on where I'm at in the zone, maximizing our what's going on in our group. But it takes a lot of dedication to a job to do that. You have yeah. to have, you know, the bard has to give me my one mambo. I have to have evasion food and I have to have all the evasion gear on blue and stuff like that. And all of this takes pre-planning with your party, too. And my Lua has to have the rule that doesn't kill me when I cast AoEs by <laughs> keeping on full Naomi when I cast them. This is where I think I've really lost touch with a lot of stuff, though. Because, like, I'll throw out all these ideas and stuff, but then I don't realize that the average person just hasn't, like, coordinated enough with parties yet. Or themselves. So I, I guess... Or the, even themselves, yeah. And I, I think more people should focus on, like, talking to the party that you're in and, like, saying you, know, you can do X role if we do this and really throw those ideas around um, based on, like, stuff you've been trying because you can get a lot of really cool things out of that, but it, it's never going to be, like, the status quo. Like, we're never going to roll in and be like, yeah, don't worry, you can black mage pull Shoal C. Like, <laughs> like, people, like, the amount of coordination that requires is unreal. And it's just not... It's not viable for almost any group, even though like we could talk about it existing, right? So I, I don't know. Like your mileage will vary, but don't just like shut yourself off to ideas just because they aren't ones that you see on the forums. Because there are a lot of other ideas out there that absolutely do work and will probably make your experience playing this game a lot more fun. Yeah, I've just lost touch though with uh, with what's normal, I should say, because <laughs> like I have all these things where like it just blows me away that people don't understand like like the little things in the game. And I, I guess I need to take a step back and kind of look at like what 
players really do have to interact with. There's a huge disconnect between me trying to play with our statics, like your group and my group, and and people we have in the link show, like Hayao, the people that are at that level. Uh, even like random people we've met who are at that level that fit in, like Akadin or people we've come across. And just the general pug person who's living in a different world. <laughs> like part of the reason I love this game so much is because I can do the things I do on it. Because I know what I know and because I've paid attention to what I do and put care into what I do. It allows me to do stuff that most people can't just run out there and do because it takes preparation and, and know-how and, and knowing how to apply you know, leverage to the right part of the, you know, the fulcrum to get the desired result. And you also have to fail a fuck ton of times to figure it out, too. Oh, that too. Yeah. Speaking of Fox, That's another thing I don't stress enough is how often I fail at shit. So. Oh, I've, I fail every fucking day. Yeah. Fox, I it's capped okay. Moogle Mastery. It's happened. Oh, did you? It's happened. Did you, did you transcend? I have. Did you ascend? I have. Was there an apotheosis? <laughs> there was no, there wasn't even a fucking title. Oh, boy. Look, you got a title? No, there wasn't even a title. There should have been. Oh. I'm kind of disappointed, yeah. After opening my 16th Aurum Chest in Shoal B, I reached my level 45 Moogle Mastery. So did you solo V20 Embos yet? <laughs> I couldn't do that. Oh. I do want to like run into like V10, maybe V15 Bumba and solo that. Which that was... would be really interesting to find out like exactly how much more powerful your trusts are. They are. I'm, I'm really hoping that the DT bypasses cap for, to, for those trusts. That is not known, I think. Because I know some of them come with inherent DT, like, like your, your tanks and stuff. Archangel Elvin's only like 15, though. Yeah, but I mean, there, there's ones like August where if the wings are out, it's like 40 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's 50 D, like, 50? I think it's PDT, though. I have to pull up yeah, but I mean, if you, if you look at it stacked with this other DT, like, we can find out pretty quick if, uh, if it does bypass the cap on trusts. Because that'd be pretty interesting if, if it did. You get a total of nine plus levels to your trust for capping and a total of minus 15 extra DT to all your trust for capping. Wow. So if you've done the quest, you're already getting like what? Plus no, it, five does, levels it, does, anyway it doesn't stack solo? with the quest. So it, it's, oh. it's plus nine levels total. So you'll be 128. Uh, I was going to say that's batshit insane. But one, Get plus 14 levels to your trusts. It, well, yeah. But you'll be 128 with your trusts and they'll all have minus 15 DT, which I assume isn't enough to, you know, it'd be nice if it was even higher. But yeah, probably not. That would mean that Archangel Elven has like minus thirty DT just default. Yeah, it's decent. It definitely help people on V10s. That's for sure. I think it should be enough for the trust to survive AOEs they weren't surviving before. Yeah, I think the fetters will still pose a huge issue. Yes, obviously, because like we can't get away with only fifteen percent DT on fetters. Imagine that world. Roll in with only fifteen percent DT on like a, a V15 or V20 fight and just explode. Why is it hitting me for sixteen hundred? I'm going to see, because eventually our group is is kind of winding down. I've capped, like, my Mpakas is now, like, the staff, and all my gear is almost all 25. Just defeats the last piece. It's like, I didn't go trade my points, but I think it's like 21 out of 25, and everything else is 25. So we're at the point of all Naomi's capped, all Agus is capped, all Mpakas capped, all uh, Sakpata's capped. Like, oh, we're kind of done with all of this stuff to this point. And I think we're going to just kind of stop doing that and start doing like ambuscade, AOE parties, vagary, divergence, just stuff we don't do at all anymore. Yeah. Uh, or have to do on our own so that we can just do that instead and like make progression on characters. And because I've been just not doing ambuscade and missing out on all the gill and rewards and stuff that comes with it for months because we just play with my group and that's kind of it. 
We do like one run after our runs, generally. One or two, depending on how quick the ambu is. We've been doing Sad Dragon. So we do That's a pretty worthwhile endeavor, even though you'll get nothing out of it most of the time. We're able to kill them in like three minutes. It's just we just go in and rape them now and we still get nothing. Yeah. I really want a crepuscular cloak. And I think that between that and name I'm like, that's the only way I'm gonna get it. I think Amon's the most likely way I'm gonna get mine, and that's just Yeah. Well that's that's actually what I meant by that statement, because obviously those two ways are the only ways to get it. Oh shit, Fox, you know what? We've already fucked up. Oh, we didn't ask how we were doing. I didn't ask how you're doing. Didn't read the email? Uh, didn't well. We're gonna read the email. So, oh, <laughs> we started talking about shit. Whatever. We're talking about the. See, lo- we're respecting we the listeners' time this time. Yeah. Well, technically, yeah, we were blowing right through it. We didn't even finish. Like, so the locust colibri to finish that off are oh, despite yeah. despite the crowding and everything going on there at the locust colibri. And is... we're fucking bad at this now. <laughs> We've always been bad, Fox. We've always been bad. Right. We have no outline. Never. My whole voice is still all fucked up. So, yes, so despite all the crowding and whatever you have there, whatever you will, at the Colibri camp, it is still, if you're going to just solo or whatever, because it's not really a high bar to pass there as a new player to hit, you know, you know, 1280 accuracy, it's still the best place to go and just get points by yourself because of the XP boost, the 20% EP boost. It's not yeah. capacity points, though, so don't mess around for capacity points. But if you're just trying to solo or slowly build up to your EP, or dueling with another person, Fox and I Actually, would, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, our, the capacity points I was getting out there was insane. Yeah, I don't know if the capacity points 20% higher. They didn't say that, but they were. I, I was getting capped capacity points with the event on almost every The kill. event like, is on, on the event. So maybe they yeah, are 20% higher there, too. Like, it, we went out there for, like, a, around an hour, and I got 140 job points duo. I'd imagine so they're going to continue adding Locust Monsters in the future. Yeah, okay. I think instead of adding, because like the Prami mobs are really high. Anything higher than that would be ridiculous. So they can keep adding the same Apex monsters, which are really, Apex are based on capacity points. I think now they're going to just, the Locust idea I think is really good. Unfortunately, we'll be stuck with, you can't AoE Promis, but you'll be, you know, AoE party is still the best way. We'll be stuck with that with Apex. But I think they're keep making Locust monsters for traditional parties because SC has a, Hard on that's that. good they just need to keep adding these like a lot of these they they need to add so many of these locust camps that it uh it basically causes it to be impossible to buy yeah i think that's the best way to do it is they just need to add so many because what these bots do is a lot of times it's not even about them selling like the best camps it's about them choking out all the other camps to disincentivize people from doing anything but buying like i can guarantee you even though i haven't been there in like months uh for for cp anyway i'd use it to test sometimes but I bet if I go to Doe Gates, it's probably still completely botted. It's weird, too. Yeah. That and it's that, mostly just to choke the cat. That there's out. that many bots. Yeah. But it's nice now that players have options because, yeah, so if it is also 20% capacity points, which it probably is based on what you're saying, because I've been capped on capacity points at all my jobs. I don't even look at them. <laughs> I just go and look at the exemplar points, which we were getting. So level syncing there didn't seem to matter like it did for apex mobs locust mobs seem to have less of a penalty on exemplar points it seemed like too which they didn't mention but i think just seemed just by eyeballing it because uh, we level synced basing and i down to like level four or five or whatever and it was still like around chain 20 ish we were getting like 720 exemplar points which is if you think That's about it good. high and then when he got to like uh level master level 10 and stuff like that we were still getting the same exact points it wasn't changing so, and then we didn't even think the other day, Fox, you and I, I was like master level 15 on pup. And I was still yeah. noticing the same seven ish, 20 ish or whatever 
at the same chain point. So I don't think there's really a penalty for level syncing. And that's nice because I hate level syncing on those fights. Yeah, I, I noticed that regardless of what job I took out, um, took out there that uh, the master points or the EP was basically the same. So if we if there is an upper bound of like what's going to start giving you diminishing returns, like we definitely can't hit it anywhere around ML thirty. So that's good. That's good then. So it seems like the the whole reason to sink on Apex for that is still there, obviously. Yeah. But the locust alleviates us from having to care about it, which is nice because if you have a stronger player, you have all the extra accuracy to hit the mobs and level sink down and lose that. You really don't want to lose that. So. Well, the locuses are, are, are really interesting because I, I, I was out there on my puppet master. Like we were doing duo pups and on my pup, I'm not even job master. In fact, I'm not even 1200 and uh, we were doing just fine. And that actually incentivizes people to like pair up or, or even party up with, uh, you know, jobs that can't do AOE parties as well and just roll out to like locust camps. And then that way everyone still benefits because as long as you have like solid gear sets, you're going to be able to fight these mobs and, you know, the, the master level people will get their, their sinks and they'll be great. And then, you know, the, the non, the non master folks who are just trying to get CP are still going to get something out of it too. So it's, it's kind of nice to be able to have more parties like feel like they're approachable. Yeah. This is a lot, this feels a lot better to me than sitting in the crawlers and then soloing, which I talked in the past, like, eh, I could be fine just going to the crawlers and then soloing for a little bit, getting some points, even though you get nothing now, cause it's so, the bar is so high for exemplar points to level up that, you know, yeah. this feels a lot better than that though. So. And if you give a lot more situations to party up and do stuff, like, sure, it's going to feel like a lot more of a grind because going from ML30 to ML40 is insane. But if there's a lot more situations of, of like, parties to go to to fill, to, like, kind of fill that void, um, you're not, I, I don't think I would feel as burned out doing a bunch of different party types as opposed to just doing only AOEs the entire time all the way to 40, even though it's more efficient. Like, it just kind of gives you more avenues of getting these points, even if it's a little slower or a lot slower in the case of some AOE parties. And frankly, how fun was it to be on fucking Puppet Master together? It's, it's been great. Um, I honestly, at this point, I like Pup way more than Monk. Dude, I was able I to... I should have been a Pup a long time ago. I was able to pull off the mythical six, seven step skill chain on Pup. <laughs> I guess the Wyvern <laughs> right. by myself solo. Imagine pulling off a six, seven step skill chain by yourself solo. Imagine doing that and not killing the mob. <laughs> no, the mob died. The hardest part was to get to the seven step without it being dead. It had to be because, like, demoralizing Roar. So the Wyvern there are really cool. Don't get right behind him because Clobber can do a bit of damage, but uh, don't stand in front of him as well because Granite Skin will mean you hit for nothing in the front of him. But when they do yeah. Boiling Blood, that's a 50%. It's like a 20% haste, which is not great, but it's also a 50% Berserk to them. So you're doing... Their, their defense is now dropped by 50%, so you can do a fuck ton of damage. Their uh, demoralizing Roar is also 50% attack down, I think. I actually... So when the Wivra, when the Locust Mobs came out, they go to the Wivra Locust Mob page. Yeah, I, I slapped one of them with Howling Fist for like 70k and dropped it from 50%. It is 50% it attack down. So yeah. when, when the Locust Mobs came out, I went on Wiki and started a new project of over time doing this, where I go to the mob's actual family page, and I update the abilities and stuff on their page, and then I put a bunch of, couple like tags around it, we can call them. And then I can now throw them, because those tags are around that set of abilities on the mobs page, I can throw them on any random abilities, like any random mob page now. So any Wiver page on the wiki now, I can throw the same tags there and it'll have all the same abilities. And it's all calling from the same page. So if like anything changes on an ability, you can update it or whatever. So now the project I've been doing is like updating all the resist um, uh, status, uh, this tiers of resistance on 
all of the family type pages. Like when the Locust Mouse kind of went and did the Wiver pages and the Colibri pages, and then putting them on the new pages and then having all the actual job abilities ready to go and just copy paste instead of having to deal with like typing out or anything, which is nonsense. And that's a little project that's gone on. But so I can see when I go to the Locust Wiver page now, instead of having like nothing there, it has all of the effects of the abilities and their strengths. So it's 25% haste on Boiling Blood. But okay. that's a nice little project that's been on the side there that's been. Hopefully, because technically I could then automatically put them in every page if I wanted to. I don't know if I want to do that. So I, I don't know. I, I like the I like that the the tags will have update information because uh, it just calls them from that. A, a lot of people are like, oh, well, the wiki's wrong, but then they don't actually visit the page that they're saying is wrong. Yeah, so I can eliminate yeah. having to put different words on different pages and just call the same words from the master page. Yeah, but all those pages are good in the wiki now, and just I've been camping. Her Velgamir trials and stuff like that. So I've been updating those family pages while I camp, like rabbits, hectis, and just like if you want to go to hectis page or the monkeys, the opo opos now, all of the actual resistance values on those pages, sabotenders, they're all there now. So eventually, like, which is really important if you play black mage or if you're trying to debuff on a red mage or something, it's important to know those values and you can't just readily call them anywhere. So now they're going to be on the wiki over time. Any locust mob, any apex mob that comes out, those will be sold out singled out to be updated but that's been a side project from that nice but yes so finishing off the wyvern when they use boiling blood you're going to get hit harder for several hundred points of damage but you can also yeah. absolutely destroy them with the skill chain at that point we didn't have any issues with just using trust healing yeah in fact we only used monbro <laughs> we did everything was fine monbro was sufficient to heal that yeah and that was with only one of us having the trust. You got to you got to know that like the tr the trusts aren't wandering around trying to heal people. So you do have to have some amount of presence of mind of like making sure you're centralizing the trusts. And like if Which you is, see someone, your partner start to die, you should probably wander back over to them. It's hard when there's so many bots and so many people yeah. jumping all over and so many dual boxers. Like that whole place is covered in people. Sometimes you can't claim that was that was, that was the challenge least. of the duo because I, I was the one with the trusts out because I was the weaker pub. So like I wanted to make sure I had buffs because Spicy was generally fine. And the the problem is is that I engaged something. I'd see him start dying. I'm like, oh shit, now I gotta go find him. I didn't and know I, you like, weren't next to me because like I'm yeah. not watching behind me at all. Times. A few times. Well, yeah, because like the mob you have to claim is not always right next to the yeah. last mob you're you have to start claiming there on a, on a server at least. I don't know if it's like this on other I mean, since it's a brand new oh, camp, yeah. I imagine it's crowded on every server right now until they make more of these. Yeah, possibly. I think the they're, worst they're good they're good mobs for like almost every job in the game. So I think the worst thing is going down because there's, there's three tier ledges there. They left the the mammal there that have always been there at the when you leave the zone line there, and then they have the the, the pond with the wiver. Like they actually have enough of them this time. Before in the past, there was only like two of them around the pond, and you can actually fight them for a merit party. This time they actually added like four or five to each level. And that's yeah. a, that's you can actually fight them constantly if you wanted to, especially with the faster recast. There's that second level you have to drop down, and you can't come back up unless you leave the zone and come back. So like it, it could be nice to jump down there with all the extra mobs that are potentially down there, but you see people fighting down there, and you go, well, if it's just as crowded down there, I'm not going to jump down there and not be able to come back up. They really should have like added a ledge. Or something. I was using the puppet to go off the ledge and you go pull. Yeah, mobs. you could pull some from the ledge, which is the advantage of not jumping down too. But in fact, like you could use like the range puppet even. At, the, at those camps and do that for like maximum maximum pulling it's kind of slow because then you got to retrieve them and shit but it's better than not having a mob so if i managed to get all of the points off or the all the weapon skills off on the mob i think what was it it was uh howling fist to accurate ballista for liquefaction 
to Howling Fist for fusion, to Armor Piercer for gravitation, to um, Armor Piercer, to the Victory, so victory, smite. victory smite for fragmentation, to Armor Piercer for light, to Victory Smite to light again is yep. the sequence for alternating between the Master and the Pup out there on those mobs. And the Colibri is dead before you even finish the... The frag pretty much finishes it off before right. you even get to the light light, so... But yeah, the, most of the time you won't see all those steps. It's just like with with uh, with hand to hand jobs in particular. Sometimes you don't get all the additional hits on stuff like Howling Fist, so your damage isn't always super crazy. Like, don't let people like lead you to believe that it always is because it's not. But it's like forget being a samurai. I have a puppet next to me, and it's letting me infinitely skill chain. <laughs> yeah, for real. And Especially when we were both but it just got fucking convoluted i just stopped sk uh, weapon skilling and set to finish it when i was with you because you, i knew you were being aggressive and closing and you were paying attention i'm like okay i'm let him do that because the two puppets are closing off of everything so if you do howling fist to open the other puppet will do accurate ballista to make liquefaction and then the third puppet if i try to do this it would interrupt the whole skill chain the third puppet then goes with armor um shatterer again i keep saying piercer's been shatterer the whole time armor <laughs> shatterer again to then close off the liquefaction instead of Howling Fist for fusion for the same result. So if you if I jumped in there, and then by that time you're ready to go again. So I'm just loaning you my puppet. I could go fight yeah. something else. It, al it always felt weird to like watch the watch the fusion go off, and then me with my god hands using uh, Stringing Pummel to close the gravitation, yeah. whereas you were using Howling Fist with King Kong. <laughs> I was using King Kong to close like the gravitation backwards. sometimes, and I was doing upwards of like yeah. 32k just with trust and no buffs. And then oh, yeah. able to close a massive gravitation with a massive kinkonk and stringing pummel. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Pup benefits from, like, all of the crit gear that you have, so... Yeah, and by myself, I actually learned to gravitate towards that instead, because when I have AM3 on Pup, which you can't do without it, uh, the double inhibitors in a Puppet... If everyone plays Puppet, this is going to sound really weird to people who don't play Puppet, but Puppet's <laughs> so fun. The inhibitors yeah. are the attachment that gives you extra store TP to the pet, so when you have AM3 with, like, ridiculous levels of store TP... Which I'll look up really quick. Basically, while you're looking that up, like Pup is like Monk, but you have to think about it when you play the job. That's what makes it so much more fun to me. Like you're always you always have to think about how you approach it. It's an extra forty store TP plus the extra twenty percent from the from the um, optic fibers or whatever it is that it provides. Yeah. So it's like throwing an extra 50 store TP on top of the pet and then AM3 on top of that for a, a pet that doesn't have shit in the first place. So I'm able to open up the Howling Fist, it'll close it, and then it then closes off itself a second time in the middle, and then I'm able to then do the gravitation again all over again. Yeah, as someone who does AM3 stuff with Aimer a lot, um, I wish that the pets, that the beast pets had that much store TP available. That'd be insane. If you have, was it Fend or uh, Fend, what the fuck's the Beastmaster store TP? Uh, it's like spur spur yes yeah you have spur but it's not full time and i usually use it as an attack bonus but yeah it's uh it, it's there but you don't get it full time like like a pup does with maneuvers and stuff and just being able to use maneuvers to customize like exactly what you want at the time even though you don't do it very often just having the option there and like different builds like it just seems it's such a fun job to just tinker around so it's really great just by yourself with skill chaining so if you're trying to get points in a job solo i couldn't think of a better job solo to get cp and ep on than puppet master in this game just for the fact that you can just approach it straightforward like you go on black mage fox not most people can do what you do on black mage just running out there and fighting <laughs> it used to be crack claws but that would be other stuff and just feel yeah, just like a dumb person just <laughs> doing stuff you shouldn't because you said it felt slower to do it on pup than black mage but yeah, well, I mean, that's because you can kind of cheat on Black Mage. 
with store with occult acumen and stuff. Yeah, the occult acumen makes all. And you and you can abuse trust AI also. Like you can abuse the pup AI, but it's not nearly as damaging as a black mage who's capable of magic bursts. So that's that's where it's a little bit slower, because the black mage can just spike damage out of nowhere and just obliterate the thing. Yeah, the um, but but as a as someone who was like more or less a monk first, because I'm a pretty good monk. Um, if you if you have God Hands and you're a monk, then just pick up Puppet Master and just give it a try because God Hands Puppet Master is still perfectly fine. Like, you don't have to have a Kinkonkin, and I will be working on a Kinkonkin soon because I really love this job. Uh, but if you have access to uh, to God Hands, like, you can still throw down ridiculous Howling Fists. Like, it, it's, it's pretty insane, actually. And if you're having the puppet close after you, the extra delay on God Hands is as much of a hindrance as it would be if you're trying to self-skill chain because God Hands self-skill chaining just feels really sluggish. Yeah, it does. Um, but I'm down in like Nest, for example, and like I'll open uh, like a 50k Howling Fist, and then my puppet will close a liquefaction, which is neat. And then I'll close with like another 50 to 70k Howling Fist, and the mob will just die, and I'll move to the next one. So, as well as I don't know if you're because you're going to bet the 1200 Fox, you 1200 is very nice because you get the extra fire um, capacity, which yeah. you need. I'm using two speed loaders as well. So, I'm using two inhibitors, two speed loaders, and the a tuner. So, a tuner for the pup. Everyone's getting a pup lesson right now. It's a secret pup episode. Yeah. A tuner is the same as basically a frailty, unless you ignore amount of defense on the mob. It's a fire attachment. Every fire attachment, every attachment, of, this is going to be the whole basics of pup all over again. So every attachment on pup is enhanced to a certain degree by how many maneuvers you put up. One, two, and three. It increases the effect every tier to a higher level. The attuner is like basically ignore the mob's defense. The inhibitor is the focus on skill training and adds um, store TP to the pet. And the speed loader is also a way to focus on a higher tier skill chain, which doesn't come into play when you're with yourself. Other people will skip different skill chains. It's going to be a problem. But it adds a massive skill chain damage bonus. So yeah. one and two adds 75%. So it goes above normal uh, player skill chain bonus, which caps like 40%. Yeah. Um, and not even 75%. It goes well above it. So on Puppet, I'm only doing like a... Uh, a 10 12k weapon skill from the pet but i'm closing light on the pet on colibri uh for like 42 3k yep and that's what you should be focusing on too because between apex and locust mobs they're all really really weak to skill chain damage yes they so have if very you, low if you can bonus. yeah if you can accent that in any way you should probably be trying to gear your job to do it and you'll get superior results even though you may not quite be there on you know your 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 actual weapon skill damage that's present. Like you'll get like the four times damage that you, that spicy's seeing, and that's definitely realistic. Like I, that's I in multi step later, so you're, it's going to be at least like twenty yeah. ish twenty ish k skill chain damage on a multi step with the, with the pet. Which if you're only doing like ten k damage, which is weak, you're like oh the puppet's so weak. Da, da, da. But just to be able to continue a skill chain with yourself when you're by yourself and don't have someone else to close with you, and to have a bonus on top of that, it just makes it go a lot faster. Yeah, absolutely. Like the the puppet may be weak by comparison to like what you can do with Howling Fist, but the puppet also enables your Howling Fist so that you can actually store to higher values. On Monk, I have to Howling Fist, Azuran Fist, Howling Fist, or Raging Fist, Azuran Fist, Raging Fist, right? But on Puppet Master, you can do Howling Fist, and then you can wait for the 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 puppet to close that skill chain, and all the while you're building TP for your next Howling Fist. So like you're gonna actually be able to Howling Fist at higher values because you're a puppet master and because you don't have to do that intermediate step it's actually you actually close a lot harder than a monk does a lot of the time just because you get higher tp values and i know pup's kind of a niche job for people because you know we like it a lot and we're talking about it a disproportionate amount here 
but yeah. I think Pup has good value in this game and good usage, especially in casual casual play. Like if I just go and shoal A or B on Pup, yeah, it's not the most impressive DD in the game, but I'm also dropping clutch heals while fighting on a job that has a little bit of counter attached to it and, and a little bit of, you know, Howling Fist is good spike damage. So it's not too different from spamming Savage Blade. So I'm on a job that also provides heals and counter and, and good white damage on top of good spike damage. And that's pretty valuable. Like in Shoal C, yeah, you're not going to take Pup. You could theoretically, if you were absolutely dedicated to the max, cure a whole run on Pup. Yeah, <laughs> but that'd be scary. That would be scary, but you had the that'd Pup. Be real scary. But as I'm doing B and A, just casually to get also CP that way and Master Levels that way, because it's a pretty good use if you're having a casual group and don't show up as like a garbage job to anything. If you're going on pup, make sure you have, you know, the enough to make you worthwhile. Uh, definitely don't yeah. show up without 1200 plus, et cetera. But being there feels pretty good because I'm running around with Empaka body, which has counter sub monk, which has counter and using the, the bathy gorget and then just normal full offense TP set. And I'm countering 20-ish percent of the time. I'm throwing Howling Fists out. And my puppet is sometimes saving people on these runs with cures because I don't need to do extra damage. And it's just nice to be able to play in a job like that and just experience the game in a different way. Yeah, for real. And Pup, I, I've, I've, I, we were talking about this a little bit before the show too. Um, it gets access to like really weird TP sets that are strangely good. And like once you get access to Heoka gear, uh, one thing I, I've been noticing is that if you use it, like let's say you don't have a God Hands, right? But you have access to get Karambit, and Karambit is an awesome hand to hand. Almost all of the TP gear you're going to wear in like a hybrid set between you and your puppet is going to have crit rate on it. So you can just wear this this hybrid of like Heoka and Paka gear, and then have this crazy crit rate while also still capping your puppet's haste while also still capping your haste and getting a TP bonus off of your crits, it's just really synergistic and great. So even if you're not quite at the Rima level of having God hands and, you know, abusing Howling Fist that way, you can still just store TP having a higher uh, TP rate with, uh, with Karambit and just still do Howling Fist. So the, you're going to do Howling. the Hayoka for anyone that doesn't have it in front of them is the Beast Pup SU3. Yeah. And it has a good amount of pet accuracy and enmity and haste. And for you, it has magic evasion as high as malignance. And it also has crit rate on it. So the head 7%. It's, and the, It's a little bit lower than malignance. This is like 20 points lower than malignance. Uh, it's but one, it's, super it's 139 on legs. What's malignance? Oh, you're talking about the plus one. I, I, I only on talk about the plus, plus one with Hayoka because that's, that's where I live. So it's, live. it's 10 less. It's 10 less for the NQ. The NQ is still very good. It's 2% less crit though. Yeah, I use the NQ, and the NQ's been fine for me. I'm serious on Pup, man. I'm serious. Oh, okay. It's not that expensive. I, I actually used to have the HQ, but when I found out that uh, Beast Pets don't retain enmity the same way that a Pup can, uh, I got rid of it really quick. Yeah, they'd have some weird... Beast Pet enmity's really weird. Yeah, but because of that, I got rid of the Hayoka or whatever, and then I, I don't, I don't want to get that back just yet, because I just don't need it yet. Like, I might in the future. I only own basically the head and the legs, so... I don't have those are the best two pieces. Yeah, best two pieces for sure. But those two pieces will add the plus one will add sixteen percent crit in those two slots, which ends up working very nicely with the store TP bonus on Karambit. So any puppet master, any tier, whatever, can just run on and have points and have fun and do whatever. But let's get away from Pup Fox, (laughs) and let me ask you, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, still on break from school. I go back in September. 
Uh, I got a letter uh, saying that uh, we just were, got a they were, letter. They were proud to admit me to the dean's list or whatever. Oh yeah, the au- the automated letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are nice you so get, proud though. to be on the automated mailing list? Yeah, man. I mean, it's still nice to get though. Uh, but yeah, that's about all I have going on there. Um, that's it. It's been yeah. two weeks, Fox. Well, my real life is pretty low key. As far as like games concerned, um, I've been doing some stuff with like uh, the parties with you for AOE. Uh, we're almost done with Odyssey, the, our, my group. Um, we basically just have like one piece of Galettis to cap and like one piece of the feet. And, and yeah, it's basically that the feet for Galettis we still have to cap and then uh, like one more piece worth of Embos to cap and then we'll have full sets of everything. My group's just not capping Embos. We just don't care. Honestly, okay, so I switched my White Mage over to the, um, the regen feet. And they're like, you don't lose enough duration switching over to Embos's feet to, to really be concerned. Like in a top tier set, you're still going to have over three minutes of regen. And it's really noticeable to have like a 70 plus regen to take sort of thing on White Mage. So it's, it's, it's really nice uh, to at least get those feet for it. Um, That's the feet though. So you have the feet, you have the wand, which we, our groups capped both those items. And you have yeah, like the feet, wand, body head, for body, hands. And then the hands are good for Red Mage Magic Bursting. Red Mage Magic Bursting. Yeah, they're basically the Agu's hands. What do you use the the legs for? Uh, You pretend the legs don't exist. (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. We don't have to cap. They're not great. You don't have to cap the the legs. Yeah, they're they're not great. I I still will because it's attack um, on jobs that don't get attack. But uh, the head's the store TP, and the body is just like the PDL or some nonsense. Yeah, physical damage limit. I guess for Red Mage. For Red Mage, it's nice. because otherwise you're using like malignants. Most people won't use it appropriately, so it's kind of just a eh. Yeah, and it's decent for Bard too, um, because again, malignants is your other option. So once again, we're back to club, head, and feet. And if you're Red Mage Magic Bursting, the hands. So you can skip a lot of runs by... Or White Mage Magic Bursting. A lot of people sleep on their White Mages, um, but like White Mages can Magic Burst for huge numbers. You just don't do it very often. The Misery Banish 3? Uh, no, the Solace uh, Solace Holy 2. I could see that. Yeah. I remember um, I was I was like duoing a key with somebody at one point, and like I was bursting uh, Holy on their skill chains for like 60, 70k damage. Jesus fuck. Yeah, it was crazy. So yeah, if you have a set and you like don't sleep on your White Mage, like you can do <laughs> White Mage damage. bursting 70k with Holy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Crazy. It is ridiculous. You're absolutely right. That's and you're not going to be able to do some that random people long. coming on Black Major doing. Yeah, and I mean, you you got to understand also that, like, yeah, we had a geo there. Like, I was supported. Like, it's not just something where you're just going to be like, yeah, yeah. I can just do. That. I, I assumed you had a geo was bolstered. I mean, I like just assumed a, a, a Black things. Mage can generally just roll up and drop that damage. Like, the White Mage has to be supported, but you can still do that damage, and it's not insignificant. So you might as well just. And add it's it. a lot better than standing there with your thumb up your ass yeah. going, "Help me." Yeah, because a lot of times your regen is is good enough for parties. Does anybody so. need a haste? Right. Haste, um, please. Aside from that, I'm also almost done with Leviathan, uh, which is great. Um, I'm looking forward to abusing that with master levels once I'm able to get some more master levels. I'm only ML22 Black Mage right now. I never get to go to parties as Black Mage. I'm also trying to work on my Geomancer, so that's a thing. Too. You like Black Mage, but... When it comes to like basing your eye, we seem to be much more heavy on actually coming black mage than like you're like I like Geo I, more, I like this job more. I would rather well no, no, that's actually not it at all. I would rather see the party work. What a martyr. What a guy. Well, 
I'm still getting something out of it though. Like I still need to have geo, you know, I still need to progress in geo because I'm going to be using geo on Ongo at V25. That you will, so, and you will be nuking with all those master level. You will, need, you will definitely need to, yeah. And as I've shown, like geo can actually do like real damage. <laughs> so it needs that int though. It definitely needs that int, um, especially since you're casting with lower tier nukes. Uh, but yeah, I would really like to get uh, Black Mage ML30 also. I'm in less of a rush because I have no problem just letting Blaine be the Black Mage for those fights. But I do look forward to abusing Leviathan once I do get higher ML levels, or Master levels. And the reasoning behind that is, is uh, right now we tend to use like Bunzi Rod or Impaka Staff uh, because it gives you Int, right? But the thing about the D-Int and the, those calculations is that as you gain Master levels, you're gaining a point of Int for every Master level. So there's a point where you're actually just getting that from your master levels instead, and I would rather have double the magic attack bonus from the staff, which is what uh, that staff is going to provide once you are already meeting those deant checks. So th basically, the theory here is the deant the deant checks are never going to change. Like that's a static amount that you have to compare against. And since our int is always raising, Leviathan actually raises in its or gains value as you gain master levels because that int is already present, and that's the that that's why you would want to use that and. That's why I'm trying to build it up, but it's just a really long-term project. Like even, even when I finish Leviathan, which is very, very shortly, um, I, it still won't really be as practical because I don't have the master levels to support it yet. It's so still good in the first place, but it's actually becoming stronger as we get higher master levels, unless we get content oh, with yeah. a huge impost. Oh yeah, like a lot of the time, especially with the cult acumen, it's really easy to to shape the amount of uh, of TP you're feeding into its aftermath. And you're not shooting for AM3. You're shooting for a really high AM2. Well, the, so, the Crystal Peel Torque or whatever it is from the Abyssic Cluster at number six in Abyssia Misero is the item that just get off the 3K and you just cap it and take it off. Yeah. 10 TP. Yeah, you can definitely do that. Um, or you can just like know how much your nukes are for and just nuke your way there. That sounds which more is ideal, typically frankly, what I do. actually, yeah. Yeah, and you don't have to shoot for like 2990 TP or whatever. Like, I usually throw my AM, AM3 down, um, even at non afterglow. Uh, I throw it down at about 2700, and it gives you about plus 57 magic attack bonus. So, on top of the 60 it already has, it'll be 70 at afterglow. Um, this staff has almost plus 120 magic attack bonus on it, which is really, really stupid. Um, considering the fact that you can also veto Heener, you know. It's the, which, it's oh, the cold acumen that makes that staff good now. Yes, that's very true. And honestly, I wouldn't want to carry around an extra item just to do that. It's kind of annoying. I mean, you're going to want it because there's going to be times you start the fight with 3k TP from someone giving it to you. Yeah, that's true. So you're going to need it at some point. Yeah, I'll be getting that neck. That was actually a good find because I didn't even know it existed. But Yeah, when you pointed that out to me, I was like, oh, what the fuck? But just aiming for like, knowing if you get, you know, 2,000 up from two nukes, not using a third for that, using a lower tier nuke to get, you know, 2,800 instead of 3K. Mm -hmm. And and what a lot of people don't realize about AM2 versus AM3, because a lot of people just ride AM3 all the time, AM3 is like three minutes, but AM2 is five. So you may only have to rebuff with it one time during a fight, depending on how fast you kill something. I actually didn't even consider that because I always just look at the three minutes. So at five minutes on an AM2 mm -hmm. is actually really nice. Yeah. And worst case scenario, you can also just sh uh, throw it at magic accuracy too, because um, once you are fifteen, it it has sixty magic accuracy, plus fifty nine. If you if you get a high AM, ah, uh, you're making me want to make one now. God fucking hate you. I I told you like th there's a, there's a reason that I'm that I'm excited about this, and it's because the staff does change the way you play Black Mage, 
It just, you have to be prepared for it. Because if I just roll in with a Leviathane, you're going to see the results that a lot of black mages with Leviathane had when, when Ongo v, V15 came out. And they were kind of underwhelmed by it because they didn't have the right stats in other areas. And master levels are actually what augment that and, and, and make it possible to use that staff in the same way that you would use like your Bunzi Rod and stuff. So it's just about approaching it properly. Well, I've been working yeah, on her. Really I really hadn't sat down and explained why I cared about the staff yet to you. Well, I understood the whole part. It was just the fact that it was five. I, I, I consider like I'm like three minutes in, whatever. But when you say five minutes, I'm like, oh, that actually is pretty nice now. Yeah, it's the little things because I know us they're going to be stronger because I'm I'm happy to use Empaka staff. I don't care about the extra int as like the extra MP fast cast and mb2 it provides i'm like you know the extra two percent is a little nice bonus like i don't even use club every every black mage is posting about using club i'm not about that club life is there a time and place to use it sure maybe yeah great but i'm i really am very partial in pocket staff that's why i have a capped and that's what i use and i just didn't think that the value of for the effort that lay of added was worth me going so out of my way to make it but I will put it on the list of eventually, I guess. Occasionally it will, yes. Yes. Like So to put it in perspective, um, when you get that aftermath on that staff, it's like getting a free um, equipment acumen. Slot. No, it's it's getting a free geo acumen from an Idris Geo. No. Mm. God damn In it. fact, it, it's stronger than that by 12 magic attack bonus, <laughs> generally. Because like Idris Geo will give you plus 45 magic attack bonus from acumen. And you're actually getting more than that on that staff. And then if you also get the magic attack bonus bubble in addition to that, it gets even dumber. So, yeah, for those who didn't realize what Leviathan actually does, like that's a rundown of Leviathan and the pros and cons to it. And master levels definitely make up for a lot of the cons that people see with the staff now. Yeah, because I always thought it was underwhelming to not have any int anymore. I'm like, you know, it's great magic attack bonus, but yeah, so at least we're in agreement. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, before before we really saw these increases, and I saw exactly the difference between having an ML0 Black Mage and an ML20 Black Mage doing Ongo, because when we did our Ongo V20, we only had an ML20 Black Mage. And then seeing an ML30 Black Mage do it, like, the the, the gains are just massive. So if you really that play job, yeah. in... Yeah, exactly. Because it has a lot of, like, raw comparisons to the mob you need to make. Black mages, All jobs do, but Black Mages is very specific. Out of like the six, seven jobs, I have Thief, Pup, Blue, Dragoon, Rune Fencer. Thief, Pup, Blue, Dragoon, Rune Fencer. I guess I have six jobs. So out of my six jobs, <laughs> out of my six jobs, Black Mage is about to be my highest master level because I've known that Black Mage being master level, like it's a job I have to put everything into. I like it a lot. Yeah. I just want to be able to produce the results the job can produce. And it's so... Uh, the equations for the job's damage are so heavily weighed towards int. In other way, other jobs aren't weighed towards strength. Uh, that's important, but it doesn't like determine everything. <laughs> or the way int does for Black yeah. Mage. That it's like I have to want to put all my points to this because, yeah, it's great to get like five strength on Pup or, or five decks on Thief or whatever. And that's nice and all, but the, the extra int on Black Mage is absolutely, you know, night and day. Yeah, well, F strength doesn't change the da- damage calculation the way that uh, D int does, because D int also changes the tier of your nukes. Yep. And that's one of the huge things about it. It'd be nice just to bring Black Mage to stuff randomly and be like, yeah, I'm a Black Mage. Look at me. I like this <laughs> job. It can do stuff. Because Black Mage, if you're in a group of people, we're going to do the Black Mage episode soon. It's coming. Yeah, it's, it is. It's coming. That's what she said. <laughs> nice. Uh, Very nice. Being in a group on Black Mage, as long as you're able, like, say there's two DDs, which is ideal, because you're the third one now as the Black Mage, and there's support, tank, whatever, healer. 
uh, as long as you're working with the DDs and they're skill chaining together, as they should, uh, Black Mage magic bursting on top of what they're doing, especially because in standing in the front line now with Nayame and Magic Evasion and DT and all stuff Black Mage has, it can generally be on the front line, depending on the fight, of course. It puts out really good damage when it magic bursts. And if you're in a group of DDs working together, even just one by itself, depending on what you're doing, just magic bursting with that is actually really good actual good dd damage that people don't look at yeah and frequently when i play black mage like it's i usually get comments about how weirdly invincible i am because it's it's almost impossible to kill black mage if black mage is playing it properly i just and mono wall of course is a big contributor there i just There's love the fact that i can run into the crawler's nest i can be in the back corner there before the rumble crawlers I can run past all the rumble crawlers. I can throw on mono wall. I can grab every apex helm beetle in the back, grab every scorpion, then run through all of them hitting me and run all the way back to camp by the time the tank's back. And I've pulled all of the hardest mobs in the zone of the crawler's nest. And, yeah. and I'm just back there. They're just beating me for nothing. And it's a really nice chain boost too. It is. It's a lot of extra points. Oh yeah. AOE parties are always better when someone else also pulls. And any job with extra movement speed can pull a few mobs as long as someone's ready to sleep for them. Like if the tank goes one way in an AOE party, you can go a different way on the, any other job that's there that's prepared and just pull back even 10, 15 mobs helps a lot. Yeah. But as for how I'm doing, Fox. Yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing. Do I complain about the healthcare system now or do I complain about the healthcare system later? Oh, jeez. I told you about this. It was... It what, was what, have they, what have they done to you? So... I probably was listening, but also was not listening. You probably, if it came from me and I was complaining, you probably weren't listening because why? Yeah, probably. Why would you? Why did you do that? I certainly wouldn't. So, obviously, got COVID. Sucks. So I vaccine boosted. I'm waiting for the new Novavax to come out so I can get boosted again with the new vaccine. That's what I've been waiting on. It's it's coming, and I'm gonna get boosted again with that one. But obviously, getting caught. Seven months later, after being boosted, eight months later—that's that's quite a lapse, and that's not—that's too long of a window. And you know, I got COVID again, and it sucked. It really sucked. I was out for like a whole week. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. I was like, my body was just like done. I was just done. I was just laying on the ground with my legs on top of the armchair, or whatever, and just was eventually pass out because I couldn't sleep the whole night. I'd just be done. Those are my days. I was just done. I would laugh at the fact that I'm laying on the ground and I'm dealing with this nonsense because I'm always in fight mode and everything to me is a challenge and I'm always fucking happy to fight. And I'm just chuckling and then I just eventually fall asleep and it's just horrible because you can't sleep. And that was it. So I go to the doctor because I think like, oh, great, the COVID pills been out since last year. They've been mass producing it. There's three different versions out. I can get this. It won't be bad. I'll recover in a couple days. Great. I have COVID. I test positive. Da, da, da. So I go to the doctor. I go, hey, look, doc, I tested positive for COVID. Can I get some pills? I go, okay, first, let me get your insurance information. Okay, great. Great. Take my money, please. Okay, let me take all your vitals. Let me take your blood pressure. Let me ask you these questions. Okay, great. That's fine. Okay, now you're going to go to someone else now. Okay, great. Here's the other person. So you go to the nurse. And the nurse is like seven months pregnant. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on here. I, I'm like, and I talked to him like, I'm like, look, miss, like you're pregnant. I don't, I feel bad just being near you. I don't want to be the reason you lose your, your child here. I like, this is not, this is not kosher. This is not, no, I don't want to do this. So I sit on the other side of the room. Like, I'm not like, like cowering. I'm just sitting on the other side of the room. And she's asking me the same questions again. Like, do you do this? Do you smoke? I'm like, I'm like, no, 
I'm like, I'm glad they answer the same questions all over again. Why do they have the other person for it from doing this all over again? That's great. <laughs> and then I, they like, so, your story checks out. They're like, so why are you here? I'm like, I'm hoping to get one of the three different COVID pills so I can recover and not feel bad because I feel really bad. And I would like to not feel bad and, and not be a fucking mess. And they're like, well, unfortunately, since you don't smoke, you're not fat enough. You don't have enough pre-existing conditions and you're not old enough. Basically, because of all those things, I'm not going to give you the COVID pill. I'm like, what do you I'm mean? All the healthcare I'm have access yeah, to. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, all the healthcare you're going to have access to. I go, right. I go, I go. So hold on. So you're telling me that I came all the way down here when I could have been in bed getting better, and you're not going to give me anything, even though I have COVID, even though you have the pills, you're just not going to give it to me. Like, yeah, we're not going to give it to you. I go, I go. Why? Why do I waste my time then? Why do I come here? Why do I waste my time? And basically, it was just fuck up. And they go, they go. If you feel bad, you can always go to the emergency room. They said. And I'm like, I didn't. That would cost a fuck ton. <sighs> I said, I go. I'm not going to the emergency room. I feel like shit. I just wanted you to give me a prescription. Like I could give you some some cough drop. I'm like, I don't want cough I can't medication. They said that because like there's a clear difference between emergency and non-emergency. They're like, you having trouble breathing? I go yes. They go to you. They're like, oh, yes. Could I just like, well, no, if you have trouble breathing, you go to the emergency room. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, yeah, they have to say that. I'm like, I'm Even like, though, like having trouble great. breathing isn't the same as like, you can't breathe. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not George Floyd in this case. Yeah. Right. So even though COVID is giving me the metaphorical George Floyd here and it's really shitty and it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm just suffocated with mucus and it's just, you can't sleep when you're suffocated with mucus. It's like the best you can offer me is some fucking Dimetap. I am, I am glad that I showed up to be told, here, you want some Dimetap? Like, why did why, like, fuck you. Why did I even do this? Why did you take my money and bill me for nothing? So you knew you weren't going to give me shit before I, I even got here. I said what I wanted and you took my money anyway and told me to fuck off. So that, that was my experience with the measure. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. It, it's, it's horseshit. Absolutely that's why I never sure. go to the doctor, dude. I, yeah. I actually have an appointment on Monday, but that's just to get the viral meningitis uh, vaccine. Yeah. So I need to get that. <laughs> how clear school. How clear cut can it be? Like they release them in December. Multiple companies have them out. In March, the president goes up and gives the State of the Union and he wants to get COVID pills in the hands of everyone he can because, of course, that's what the president says. And then you go there. It's like, oh, Biden said I can get COVID pills. It's been like seven months since. It's been four months since then. Since March to like July now. And it's like, maybe I can get COVID pills and be back to work and not have to miss a week's of work. And they're like, no, no, fuck you. You're not old. You're not smoking. Like, like, what? Should I just go start smoking? So like, so my, my, my negative health vices can be rewarded by getting medication that you won't give people who are still just as sick. I mean, come on. I'm not at risk enough. I'm not fat enough. It's like, come on. If only you were at risk. If only I was fat and smoked, I'd be able to get medication. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Whereas I never go to the doctor. Yeah. Thanks to me for ever. doing for doing right, and I get fucked. Right. Uh, you know. Anyway, so that's that. And then Carrot was miserable. She was. She doesn't take it as well as I do, and I felt bad witnessing her be miserable. So I didn't give it to her. Cool. Some the other person gave it to us at the same time, which was ridiculous. So I didn't really talk about it, but um, the time frame that you had COVID, everyone around me had COVID, and I think I actually have natural immunity because I didn't natural get it. immunity. Yeah, there is such a thing though. I didn't, so. I didn't even, I didn't even like feel even the slightest. Bad. Could have just been a, asymptomatic, but there is some people who are immune to it. It's a small minority, but I would say it's yeah. between that and being asymptomatic. It's a small, you know, maybe it's like a crepuscular cloaks chain. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would, I would rather take my in-game crepuscular cloak. Fuck it. So that kind of. Weird. So that was that. I've been working on Havel Gamir camping mischievous Nicholas, by the way, who sucks. Yeah. Well, I told you the sleep schedule thing. Fuck you know, that monkey. Just, 
I've killed. Just make sure make sure it pops before you go to bed, and then you can get it like first thing the next day. I did that yesterday, and I actually got them today. And so I've, I'm two out of the four now. Yeah, you'll you'll want to camp like everything from the from the fungar to the cactus like that, and then uh, it should be a lot easier than just like trying to randomly do it. Yeah, because there's a one hour. So the first few on most of these jobs, like uh, anyone doing Empyrean trials, Herbage Hunter. Um, a lot of these first NMs, the first two at least, are like pure lotteries. You can kill them and they can respawn each other. Valkyrie Emperor. That's the I, other hate one. I, I hate Twashtars. I hate that, that fucking yeah, bat. That bat. That bat, yeah. The bat is Because it, it won't true. even spawn every single night. The bat actually is a true lottery, but it just does have such a narrow one in a pop that it's not going to pop yeah, back to back. Yeah, it's terrible. And also for those true lotteries, when you kill them, as opposed to the ones that have a one-hour lockout, you can tell the difference. As he put a weird way into the system of knowing that. So when you kill one that has a one hour respawn plus window, it'll read the placeholder respawn again in five minutes. For the true lotteries, for some reason, it becomes like eight to 14, 15 minutes before it will respawn again. So if you kill the NM, the placeholder will not respawn in five minutes again. It'll be like six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, about the 15 minutes, which is weird, but it's just the way it is. Probably only figured it out. Rather than just killing one mob ID at a time until it spawned, that would take forever. So I noticed it for Hayakume, the Heck dies in Rogamon Pass, and for Emperor did the same thing. And just all those first true lottery spawns are like that. So if you're trying to maximize it, like go kill one of those, and then just you can just camp them all day and be done. But then for the other ones, yeah, kill it and leave. Don't don't hang around. Oh yeah, just it, it's okay to like not just grind your way through these things. And I say this as someone who just grinds their way through mythics and stuff. Like, it, it, like with Empyreans, I just take my time camping them because so, it's, yeah, like you can't do anything about lottery spawns, man. Yeah. But otherwise, that in-game's been good. We talked about the Puppet Master stuff together. Been doing that. Camp Mogul Mastery. And, I mean, just basic stuff like that. I'm trying to get my Phalanx Are Plus because we got Dark Matter campaign going on. That's that's always fun. But I've actually gotten, I usually get nothing in any of these campaigns, but I've actually gotten. Oh, like Bonanza. <laughs> yeah. Did not even enter Bonanza, and I did not win if I would have entered because I choose the same three on my phone number every time, and I don't get <laughs> it. So, for people who can call me, you'll know what numbers I pick. If people don't call me, then you don't know shit. I won rank four across all of my mules for ultimate sadness. But I've gotten Phalanx five feet. I was like, wow, that was like the first log when I got to go, wow, this is going to be a good campaign. I got three I pants can. and four body today. And I'm like, wow, I'm actually getting points on, I'm actually getting Phalanx augments for nothing, and, you know, instead of getting absolute. Nothing every campaign, so I'm actually going to have a phalanx that I'm black mage for doing mono wall shenanigans. Yeah, I thought this was going to be a good campaign for me because I got phalanx four feet on the very first augment try for DM four or for DM this campaign, and I haven't gotten one since. I've had multiple campaigns in multiple months' time where I've gotten absolutely zero augments out of everything I've traded for two Whoa. campaigns in a row. So I've had it happen before. I get nothing for months and months, and this time. Do you have day. a fleet of mules like I do, though? I have two mules that I use. So I'm using close. 18 a day. Yeah, that's, that's pretty close. Because I only have four. Only. Well, I say that, but I mean, it's not that bad to have an extra mule on your account as opposed to a whole other character. I have an extra one. I'm just not going to go through the rigmarole of getting them up to that point. I technically have two more, too, but they're deactivated because of wardrobes. That was the, that was the trade-off I told myself when wardrobes came out. But Fox. Yeah? What do we have today? Oh, uh, we have emails. We do have emails. We dropped the worst question of the week because it wasn't worth talking about. Worst post. It really wasn't. And in general, like, we didn't talk about it because we've been off for two weeks. But after our last uh, Respect the Listener's Time episode, we ended the episode with, like, 
you know, we need to not be so like like we have to focus on especially me because it's mostly me focusing on like it's not the worst post of the week it's just the post of the week like why is it why is everything the worst why is everything bad why is everything negative why am i always bitching like it has to be a little more instead of focusing on all the horrible it's focusing on you can acknowledge the horrible sure great and i definitely will but just not focusing on it and just talking about elevating it to a point of relating to the game and and so we're gonna be a little more positive on the podcast oh boy oh boy i'm excited as a general goal is to not be so it's not worst post of the week anymore it's just post of the week we want to talk about but we're going to skip that because it sucked it was on pump anyway we don't need more (laughs) well i mean we sat down and analyzed it and it just it it was more so the the verbiage they used as opposed to yeah it it was it was was a matter of like interpreting verbiage properly and it just wasn't a good one to it just wasn't worth it so anyway we got two emails not just one two which is fucking astounding it is like that's so many more than we usually get. That's more than we've gotten the entire year. What did someone <laughs> the entire year when you put it like that? That is, yeah, it is the entire year. So the two emails are gone. But Lucifer posted in the in the trash channel the shape of water, and I just screamed spicy. What is this? Why does it have a New York Yankees hat? I don't even like baseball. Anyway, so Hot let's let's go to the one. let's go to the email. It's in the trash channel of the Discord. If you're if you're in that section of the Discord. Wait, is that guy supposed to be like Fred Gibb? It looks like Fred. It's, I think it's like Limp Biscuits. What's with those shoes? What are those? Anyway, so. That's good. Do you want to read this email here we got, Fox? Uh, sure. I will read them in order. Received. Hey, Spicy and Fox. I just wanted to drop a quick note to you. I really enjoyed the What the Fuck is Respecting Listener's Time episode. I live in California, and most of the people here have one of two ideolog- ideologies uh, that are pretty contrasting. I lean towards Fox's ideals, so living in California, I get a lot of pushback, which is fine with me. But I, or I just have, or I just like to have, I can read, conversations and learn something while trying to poke holes in contrasting opposition. I think that both ideologies want the same thing just go about it in different ways anyway listening to you guys banter back and forth about cancel culture and still be cool with each other at the end was awesome i wish we had more of that in this world and i really admire you guys for being able to respectfully disagree with each other and stay friendly and then that's uh lidl yeah aka lidl lidl is it Lildell or Lydell? It's, there's two L's, though. It's Lil. So it's, I don't think there's a silent L in there, but I don't know. Maybe, so yeah, it maybe it's Lydell, like Chuck Lydell, the MyPillow guy, or maybe it's Lildell. Yeah, I've said this a few times when I see people just, like, fucking going off, but, like, people's opinions can't hurt you, and at the end of the day, you still have yours. It's up to you whether or not the evidence being presented by someone else is compelling enough for you to get you to change your mind. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. It can't hurt you. So it's always good to hear about things that contrast what you believe, because that that opens you up to, you know, more information that you wouldn't have otherwise. It's, it's actually a better scientific process to get more information rather than less information and then decide for yourself what part of that info, information is relevant to, you know, whatever you're trying to apply it to. So that's just kind of my take on it. Like, I could never be mad at Spicy for having any kind of any kind of like fucking crazy ass idea because it's ideas I wouldn't have had otherwise. Uh, that's just kind of my take. 
I mean, my my brain's rather convoluted. You're pretty straightforward and analytical, so you need some some simpleton like myself to bring you back down to. Because <laughs> you said before, maybe we're out of touch with the people, and it's like, well, well I'm kind of your your bridge. There's no between, reason to get butthurt. I'm the bridge between the the average fellow that you've lost touch with, Fox, and and the yeah. the masses at, at, at you know at large. You can just reach out and hear from in my my stupid mouth. Yeah, I mean, I I tend to believe that. There are a lot of really sinister things that people can apply these mundane things we take for granted to. So I always approach topics with an air of caution as to how things can be weaponized. But I don't think that when you have a conversation, and this is something we also talked about pre-show too, or at least that I had mentioned pre-show, uh, when, when you're when you're in a conversation with someone, like you don't need to necessarily poke holes in contrasting opposition. You just need to identify that they exist, but they don't need to be weaponized. Like you, there's no reason to actually attack someone with the holes that exist you just need to know that they're there when you go to formulate your own opinions about what they're what information they're giving you because otherwise it's just needlessly confrontational you don't need to win like there's you don't always need to win arguments sometimes it's just a conversation not an argument and i see shit like that especially like with what down went down in the trash channel a lot lately i'm Um, i'm getting close to ben and konji i i I, you don't even need to do that like just 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 mute him (laughs) Just, just just block him. I'm considering also applying the new player role to him to kick him out of the trash and yell section so he can only be in general. I just I just don't think it's worth it to just antagonize people because well, it can all, make all he wants to do or... is constantly antagonize and fight in the way that the person who sent the email, the the Chuck Lydell, if we yeah. will, that he just wants to always fight. And, and I enjoy fighting as well. But there's a certain point where, like, it's just stupid. And it always gets to that point of being stupid with him every time. And that's all it ever results then boils down to. So it's like, if you had the same result occurring every time, no matter how you approach it, like last time I shut the whole conversation down, I go, look, we're not going to argue about NFTs in here. I go, you don't even know what an NFT is. You're going to have to explain to me what an NFT is if this conversation is going forward. Otherwise, this conversation's over. And he's like, and it's like, no. And I start deleting posts. I go, this conversation's over. You can explain what an NFT is or we're done. Like, because I think that the point of the conversation is no longer valid if we don't actually understand the basis of the conversation we're discussing in the first place. So I, I believe that the item is not understood in the first place. So I'm stopping the conversation going forward unless this person can explain what an NFT actually is instead of saying it's a JPEG because it's not. But and then it's like, well, that's actually important. It is important. Based on what I said, there's a reason I said that that you believe in the power of JPEGs. And that wasn't for you. That was for him, because that's what he believes. I was relating to his side. I took it. I took it that you were that you were throwing shade in that one. So I'm glad you clarified that. Okay, not at all. I'm glad. Obviously, I know enough about, you know, like computers, algorithms, how things work that, you know, I'm not going to be like, yeah, it's obviously just a JPEG. People are sending medical records and court documents and things like that now via NFTs. Yeah. It's just a digital identifier that uniquely certifies what an item is. It's a unique identifier digitally. It's not just a JPEG. It's an identifier. I don't. I don't have a strong opinion on on how it'll be used. Either it will or it won't, and eventually we'll see evidence as to what you know what's going to happen. Evidence is all I care about, right? But the the, the reason, like I say, I, I phrased it the way I did is to show how stupid the fucking argument. I just shut it down. Like, I kept saying, like if, if you can't explain it, like, you can't talk about it anymore. Like, let's live in a world where you actually did believe in the power of JPEGs, right? <laughs> does, does that matter? Does, does, like, any of that... And that's why I said the, the propaganda you spout off, because you spout off a lot of propaganda. Whether or not it's relevant is up to the person consuming it. But does it matter? Like, at the end of the day, it can't hurt you. <laughs> and that's the point I was trying to make. Like, people just need to stop being childish when it comes to arguments. 
that's all. But it, it turned into, you know, I'm a I'm a small child on a power trip. Da, da, da. But it's just basically at the point where this guy's going to get 86. But nonetheless, wow. so cancel culture. Yesterday, I happened to watch the new Bill Burr special at the Red Rocks, which that's a fucking amphitheater. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. It's out in Boulder, Colorado. It's like a massive, massive amphitheater out in there in like the... the the natural rocks there form like this this chasm that like the guys on stage speaking into like these these mountainous rocks upwards. Anyway, nonetheless, it's Bill Burr, and I'm a Bill Burr fan. But you have to, you know, he's going to say things about women. He's going to say this and that. So like, and he's going to talk about cancel. He did talk about cancel culture and stuff like that. Okay. So if if you're if you're of the typical liberal mindset where it's like oh you can't say that about women it's like well why can't you say that if, if, if there's a little bit of what's being said and he has a point whether you agree with the point or not like there should be a counter to the point not oh you can't say that like you didn't just walk into a mosque and yell bomb or something like there's it's not just like inflammatory for the sake of being inflammatory it's actually there's a point counter argument da, da, da. and maybe you're tired of making the kind of like some people keep putting themselves over the same points whatever but as you said fox you care about the evidence and 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 what goes forward, and there's a different mind thought process going on behind it. It's not about uh, winning the argument whose rhetoric is like the strongest rhetoric, yeah. and it's not about that. It's about um, like if you think something, it's not about being right. It's about proving to yourself that what you think is correct because you have to test your own ideas to see if they actually stand up to scrutiny, and then, and like that's what an actual conversation is supposed to be. So. Whether there's an impasse or not in the conversations beyond the point, it's about testing what you know. It's, there's nothing you can't say. Like, if you're just being a douchebag for the sake of being a douchebag, everyone can identify that. Everyone's always identified that, and everyone's always responded accordingly by, like, beating the person's ass or whatever the fuck people have always done. It's always been that way. That's just a basic human interaction at that point. What's been convoluted now on top of that, in my opinion, is how everything's been turned into a sporting match of uh, left and right. And, like, so... Yeah. Like... I'm not a typical leftist and you're not a typical rightist. You're not, no. you know, like, so it works for us because we're not. Yeah, though, though I fit the mold, I actually don't identify with either side. Yeah. Like people, I, people tend to say I'm right-leaning, but I don't necessarily know that that's true. In my opinion, but you are, but are I can see you saying it, you don't fit the mold. Well, yeah, but but I mean, if people are observing it, then there has to be some sort of truth behind it. Like, I don't take offense by it. You're more rational in your whole approach to it. It's not yeah. like it's not like you take the basis of this is what I think I'm working on this angle inwards. You're taking the approach of whatever so happens to be, you know, wherever the dice may fall, it happens to be because I've reasoned through yeah. this and this is what I've reasoned it to be. Yeah, exactly. Which is why the exchange is more respectable because although I'm like this, this leftist socialist aspiring communist, I'm not, I'm not, you know... I'm not this whiny liberal. You can't say that women can't do everything. And it's like I'm not. It's just fucking stupid in the first place. In the first place, but like I'm not approaching it in like this culturally sensitive manner because I'm not a culturally sensitive person. And and you know we live in a hierarchical society. Therefore, the people who disproportionately benefit of the higher part of society have an interest in having people fight in this manner. It sells. It sells advertisements. It sells you know engagement on the internet. It sells you know media engagement. So the entire empires of you know, the, the major outlets benefit from people acting this way is why everyone acts this way because it's promoted. But it's like when it comes down to it, you and I don't engage in that whole um, this antagonizes people the most. We're going to treat it like a sporting event. Well, you know, you and I aren't engaged in that. So therefore, I could see when we have a discussion for a second about it, how it's a little more admirable because we're not approaching it for like 
like you and I don't vote Democrat or Republican. We, we vote like well, I don't vote at all. <laughs> I don't vote Democrat or Republican because I don't like the candidate, so I won't vote for the candidate. That's it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna vote for a candidate because they're left or right. And which is okay. which is like the most like when I tell other people to like like oh you're just making it worse then I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> what are you talking about making it worse but like that's the way people are now like like when I said I didn't vote for Biden they're like oh oh so you want Trump I'm like I'm like well if it produces a superior result for me I don't care who wins I want certain things in a certain way I don't think Biden will give it to me anyway so I'm not voting for Biden because he doesn't represent my interests why would I vote for someone who doesn't represent my interests and they're like oh well that's just going to make it worse you can't vote for a third party I'm like watch me politicians are just going to say what they need to say to stay in office and that's Dude, everyone's, it's, it's a job they're every four years they're interviewing for their own job everyone's rabid that's about what you have fact. to focus on no matter when I talk about it everyone's rabid about the fact that like you can't vote besides these two i'm like what are you talking about well then the other person wins i'm like it's not about winning it's about what we want yeah i, I haven't seen either side change anything in a way that and they impresses don't. me they don't since since i've since i've been an adult capable of actually fathoming the changes in society and and they and they don't but because of that i don't focus on that as far as like changes that can be made like i don't care about politics simply because i care about changing the things for the better within my own gravitational bubble. Like everything else outside of my scope is irrelevant because nothing I can do is going to have an impact on that. Voting in your local elections is more important than voting in the national elections and more impactful to your life. So like people generally don't engage in that because it's not a big sporting event of like, you know, one presidential candidate heavyweight with all the money and advertising stone behind it. Like people don't vote in their own local nonsense. Which is more yeah, important. And, and I usually shut down conversations about like political stuff because it devolves into things. And it's just overall bad to hear about uh, most of the time. And uh, the reason I'm not doing it now is because it, this kind of like illustrates the point. It's like we can obviously have very different opinions on things, but we're still coming to the same conclusions despite how extremely opposite we are. And it goes to as you know, these things both sides do- want the same thing, which in certain aspects, yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think this kind of answers the email like that. That's how we're capable of doing it is because there's like a mutual respect and like nobody's just trying to like be the coolest guy on the Internet because it's really pointless to be that respect for me is very difficult to obtain. I don't respect many people or entities. And so Fox has my respect, which is something that is he didn't ask for it. He didn't try to get it. He just got it because of who he is and how he is. And I respect Vox, you know, deeply. So no matter how we have an impasse or frustration, whatever, like that respect is the the basis of our relationship. Our relationship's not based on X or Y. And that's, you know, I've always said this podcast is not about Fox, and I, I stand by that statement. And like my friendship with Fox, as ups and downs as it may have been over X and Y times, it's just like I respect Fox and I don't respect many people. So that's, for me, that's enough. Yeah, sometimes you just got to tell people when they're being a dumbass. Oh, I do. But right? I, I'm usually the dumbest. <laughs> it happens. I, it definitely happens. Sometimes I think dumbasses have more fun. Yes, yes. That's why I've been having more fun in the game. I, it's funny. Like I, I look at I look at my two dogs that I have, and one of them is extremely intelligent, and one of them is just dumb as a box of rocks. You have a whitey and, and blacky too. I do. Yeah, but they're huge dogs instead. <laughs> and uh, the the dumb one is always having fun, and the really smart one, she just mopes around. Because she knows she's self-aware. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's just funny to see that contrast, and like it's it's almost like it's a real thing. I don't know. 
<laughs> and I'm not like I'm not like coming down on Spicy saying he's like super dumb or anything. It's no, just, that's what no. I've noticed about being dumb. Like sometimes I'm I'm kind of jealous that I'm not dumb. I play the dumb card, whether I understand or not, because it suits me to let people think whatever they want, and I always like to operate in an anonymity. I like to let people think whatever they want, just like on game. I let people feed. I feed into an image I don't have, just to maintain <laughs> that image to provide me complete anonymity and freedom in what I wish to do because it provides me the most like people who think about me, but they won't even come and join my parties because they don't know who I am, but I want it that way. I don't want random people showing up. Thank you. I don't want this and that. I don't want people trying to ride my coattails that I've had in the past. I just want people who care, who are real players, who are willing to enjoy the game together and not like, what can you give me? What information can I get? Like you just go through it and it's like bullshit. I rather have people dislike me which I enjoy because the way the game is, I've established many times over why I want people to dislike me because of how the, the status quo of the game is, not to rehash it, but just to have that, it lets me be whoever I want to be because people think whatever they want to think and they're always going to. So as long as I feed into that and as long as I have that, I can be myself with no opposition, no supposition, no, no, I know who you are, this and that. It's like none of that. It's just you don't know shit and I just get to operate in you thinking that I'm the idiot or the the troll or the whatever I am. Yeah, sure. Nonetheless, thank you for the email, Waddell. Yeah, for sure. And we have another email from a, a oldie but goodie who we haven't heard from this entire year, in fact. Yeah, he's back. He is back. I don't know if it's for good. I don't know if it's Voldemort showing up in the Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> With with Cornelius right. Cornelius Fudge uttering what fox? Uh, He's back. I, I I wish I was stronger. It's back. He's back. Strong stronger with my Harry Potter reference. He's back. Now that's one of the most iconic scenes ever is when Voldemort shows up and then Fudge at they're saying Voldemort's gone. He's never coming back. He shows up at the end and he's like, oh, he's back. He's back. Just like that. He's back. <laughs> Any, anyway, anyway. So I, it's like I need to go binge me some Mary Poppins. I, I enjoy Harry It's all available on HBO. So <laughs> I enjoy Harry Potter. I'm a nerd. So are we going to trade off who wants to read one, who wants to read two, who wants to read three, and who wants to read the intro? I mean, historically, we have traded off on the, the one, two, and three on this one. So I'll read the intro, and you will take... Okay. You will take... Um, Two, because the, th the third's always the food. I always take the third one. Yeah. Okay. Fair. So you read the intro, I'll read one, and three, you get intro and two. Okay, sure. Uh, hello, Spicy Fox. It's been a while, hasn't it? For all you new listeners asking, Oi, who dis abject person? Well, I, my friends, am an old emailer who started out from humble beginnings. I was born on the windy hills of Okinawa. <laughs> But that's a story for another time. <laughs> I come to this dynamic duo uh, with a triple threat of inquiry. So with that in mind, I hope this presumptuous pairing can answer me these questions three. I will say that was probably the best intro to, to any of Advic's emails so far. That's true. The karate like, I, can, I, can, I can swear he ran this shit through Grammarly, dude. <laughs> I was born on the windy hills of Okinawa. So, one. Thanks for writing this, man. <laughs> And that's the whole email. See you, everyone. With some of the new MP plus random number armors being shown with some stats and other writing, in what ways do you believe Big Papa SE will implement to timegate the acquisition of these new treasures? Like how many X items will it take to fulfill conditions one to five to allow you to upgrade your armor? Question mark. 
And they've already started That's off with it's going to be 20 hours per key item, and you're not going to store them naturally. They didn't say you're not going to be able to store them, but I'm going to say, based on honesty, you're not going to be able to store them. So that's going to be the first. Seen lately, yeah. The first gate is going to be the key item, which was enough gate, honestly, for Odyssey to last for a year and a half. Yeah, right. Woo! Fuck me. As far as like items to fulfill the conditions, um, meaning like how much of something we you have know. to collect and what the gated item will be. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we we can't possibly know. If we go but, based off diversions, though, it was repeating even. Uh, vagary items in higher quantities so it's a good chance that it's going to be so it was void watch and vagary and oh no it was it was delve in higher quantities and vagary which already existed they combined those relic and empyreans to make the plus two three for relic so it's a good chance it's going to be stuff we already have but in higher quantities yeah i don't know i think it might be something else because for them like to just re- reuse the well not necessarily cards but if you look at the omen formula um you know that uh, you need less cards to get to plus two, but then you need a shit ton of cards per piece to get they to They did say it's going to be easy to get the plus two, hard to get the plus three. So that also did remind yeah, me of Omen. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, and for them to reuse uh, like just strictly the Empyrean materials like twice in a row for upgrades, like to, to have it on the uh, it's pretty heavy. the Relic as well as the Empyrean, it, it just feels like it should be split up a bit more. Um so I honestly don't know what to anticipate it being. I, I think it's just going to be a whole new currency that you get from a whole new thing. Right? Think about it, though, for, for Ambuscade. Not Ambuscade. Or it's going to be Lustreless Wings. Artifact. Lustreless Wings. Oh, I have a stack. I've got like 10,000. I can only hope. So for Ambuscade. Ambuscade I can't say it again. Fuck. I keep thinking. <laughs> I keep thinking AF1 and keep thinking Ambuscade. So for AF2. I hope it's two, not going to be a Jawless Moles. So. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, and fibers. Oh. Get your pulse weapons. So no, that's unique for Ambuscade. I think that's coming back. So for AF plus two, they just made it unity items, which already existed, but they made it cards. So there's a good chance they're going to combine, like they made lustreless wings plus existing items for Odyssey for unity. There's a good chance they'll combine mm-hmm. stuff. So they've done unity. They've done um, delve. They've done vagary. And they already made the base items in plus one with vagary. The plus, the 109s though, were not vagary. They were... Um, Abyssia. Abyssia yeah. items from mobs, which no one could have expected. They could also make us... I could see them for the plus two, and they'll make the plus three. Like I could see it this way, frankly. Plus two, we could frankly have to go back to Abyssia for like three, four, five of like Glavoid shells for Black Mage or some fucking Ooh. nonsense. Ooh, that'd be bad. Yeah. I could see that happening um, for the plus two, and then oh, like plus three could be even more vagrant items, because I think they really want to double down on vagary being relevant you get the weekly of getting a free item and it's still relevant for certain uh, they made it for the the su5s and they made it for various su3 equipment that existed so they keep coming back to the vagary items to keep that content relevant it's not hard but you need multiple people to go in it's group content still and everyone gets a reward together yeah everyone gets a reward so it's possible for plus twos they could have their own new lustreless kind of currency for it cards whatever they may introduce and you'll have to have a different item whether it's more of the vagary items or more of the abyssia items i could see that being a thing just which would i don't know if you guys have done glavoy recently if you have any competition it's fucking shut down from i did recently this weekend too it was horrible there's two 15 minute time spots not every abyssia mob is the same but for glavoy it's like the worst and if you have anyone competing with you it's bad and those first zones yeah you can farm up gold boxes is what i did on blue mage and pro tip, if you gather all of an aggroing mob, like say you grab like grab the corals because they're fast and they run and you can run in front of them and aggro them, if you kill them all in one nuke 
it doesn't give you a Xur light. So you can keep your amber light without getting a Xur, which is a really good pro tip for farming it. But the problem is in those first zones, uh, it's like eight items to the box and you need like three or four of them. So like the box will give you a lot of shit you don't need. But it's like if you can't get the time spawns because people are camping them as they might be, that's like going to be the only way to do it. Yeah, because it's a combination of, of drops, time spawns, and I think it uses red. Uh, no, no, it no it's just red. pearl. It's you want to get pearl on the NMs you're camping because yeah. it's guaranteed pearl just finished on the melee hit. And on the mobs you're fighting to a certain point where the box is popping regularly. Oh, I meant But the ambers are actually really easy in like a zone like um, Abyssia Tarangi, since we're talking about it. The boomy will give you either 24, 64, or 128. So you just if you get lucky on boomy, two boomies of a, a like a sanguine blade or something will cap you on amber. You want to cap the amber because you're going after oh. gold boxes, large gold boxes. So, but you don't always want to cap amber, but in this situation, yes. Yeah. So those mobs when they're in the zones, like on the light pages, even on BG, it may not be the best, but they exist. You want to go to the zone pages for lights and find out what'll cap you on amber and cap it that way. So I could see that being like everything they've done so far has been existing items plus some new ones in higher quantity to some regard. So it's possible we go back to Abyssia. It's possible we need to do more Vagary. It's possible we got to do Dell. I don't know. There'll be, there's only so many things that they keep recycling and they've used most of them. So I think Abyssia is possibly a likely one, unfortunately. It, it's definitely hard to tell, but I mean, they, they did reopen the, um, the login points for getting Abyssia items. That was for the plus one. They least, though. Exactly. They haven't done it in like three years. So it's kind of a big deal. People of course will like try to stockpile it for certain Imperium weapons or whatever. Um, but you know, it's not outside their own possibility that you may end up, aside from just the plus ones, needing more of these just to, you know, take it to plus two. Um, so it's still something to think about if you want to hedge your bets on that. I think they're going to be fine with it. Not be. I think they're going to be I fine will... with it because there's three pop spots for these NMs. So I think they think that the congestion yeah. will be fine, but the time spawns are bullshit. It's not necessarily true. Yeah. Yeah. It's those time spawns, man. But I'm, I'm not going to hedge my bets that way. I'm going to be using it for possibly Imperium weapon upgrades. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hoard it for like jobs that I. I, I could see doing like need. one more glavoid just to have enough because black mage is the only job on glavoid. Go figure. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking stupid. Why black mage on glavoid? It could be on anything else. And uh, monk is on. I think monk's the one on uh, chloris buds. Well, is... fortunately, you know most people don't care about black mage. So Glavoid yeah, but they care about the jobs that drop the glavoid shells for thief and warrior it's and true. stuff. So I, you know, you have competition. But while everyone has the fever for this, like I could see Chloris probably going nuts. Um, I could see uh, Sobek going nuts for Corsairs. Those zones are easier. The first zones suck. The second zones, and especially the third zone, is just super easy. There's one key item for the mob. But the second zones are a lot easier. The gold Orthus for White Mage will be terrible. Yeah, but at least when you don't have a recycling, you can drop the item and, and hopefully get another one in the box. And then, yeah. and then if you get a box, I've had a box of two hides and I have to lose them. So it's nice to be able to get the item and pop it and stuff like that and get the item back. But yeah, that's how yeah, I can see the time gating is going to be existing content because they really want to force us back into existing content. There's only so much existing content for upgrading items we actually have. We could go back to Void watching and get fucking Coggins cuticles, but they already used that again for... Did they use that again for... For Relic Upgrade, yeah. For Relic Upgrade, one. yeah. So they already used that for Relic Upgrade. Not that they couldn't do the same thing again because they used the Vagar items again for Relic Upgrade. So that's they could overlap again there. But... I mean, we don't know, but there's only so many things in the game. So you can anticipate to a level if you're going to need, I mean, the the most damaging thing to your progress besides the key item itself will be camping the Abyssia mobs. And since people don't typically go to mm -hmm. Abyssia, 
the more we talk about it, I really think they're going to throw us into Abyssia is my best bet for how bad it could be. Yeah, I... Because there's not too I don't much know. People, people should never listen to me when it comes to this anyway, because I am terrible at forecasting this. Like, I am always behind the curve when it comes to, like, stockpiling a certain item because it's going to be worth a lot post-update, you know, that sort of thing. It usually doesn't happen. I'm just terrible at it. Yeah. Would, who would have thought you needed a spectral goldenrod for fucking voracious resurgence? Right? <laughs> who would have thought that? I don't remember that fucking item exists. Yeah, it's like they throw a dart at, like, the materials that never get used, and they figure it out that way. The, the cactar needle is going to come into fashion soon. Everyone, go go get cactar needles for your plus three uh, the, the great The great cactus extermination of uh, 2022. <laughs> yeah, man. But that was my best guess. What do you think, Fox? You, you mean you got already... I mean, I honestly can't even... I, I have a feeling it's going to be a lustreless item. That would be... I mean, it'd be nice to tie it into that event because I think the more they tie events in, whether it's vagary into uh, equipment they make or upgrades they make and keep it relevant, I think that's actually really good for the game itself and the underlying structure because, like, my group now, Finishing Odyssey, like, we don't go and do other stuff. It's, it's still rewarding to sell the items for vagary. It doesn't take that long. Like, codex of etchings and stuff are dropping from the sky and people are paying for them because they just... it's You yeah. can't go in solo to get it. It's three people, which I, I think is a great thing, and people are just buying them left and right. I hope that if they do the lustrous items, um, that they use a different lustrous item like per job. You know, obviously there's gonna be overlap because there's only three different kinds. But I, I really hope that they do like they don't just pick wings for all of it or scales for all of it or you know per tier, but rather like black mage's wings, and you know it'll be like that yeah. from plus two and plus three. Could you imagine like, the price of scales, scales. then? Well, yeah, but I mean, at least it might even out a little bit because uh, like wings will go up in price because some jobs want wings and then more people will be doing A and B. So you're going to see more of a flood of A and B for scales and, and hides and they're because easier. they're, they're going to need those jobs. Right. So I think it'll I think it'll even out more, especially with how much Odyssey people already have done. And with the way that people jump ship on pieces of gear, because this is the new gear that's coming out, people are just going to automatically assume that all of the gear is irrelevant, even though yeah, I'm going to make I'm definitely make not the case. Yeah, definitely not the case. Like always, pay attention to your side upgrades. This is not the end all be all for gear, um, but people tend to do that. So you you might see people jump ship off of Odyssey, start caring a little bit less about the Odyssey NMs, but instead go after the newest, hottest thing. And you may see, you may actually, like, if they do that, you may actually see a shift in, like, what zones people do, because they'll care more about making sure they can still Savage Blade as hard as they can on Warrior, or, you know, what have you. So I really hope that if they do Lustreless, they do all three, and they evenly space it out among jobs, because that will give us the the biggest access to all of those materials, and it'll help even out the price of all of these materials. I do think lustreless being used is important because those items are kind of like already consumed already and there's not too much of a market, especially for lustreless wings. So I yeah, think, I'm I think surprised it makes sense to scales, use them. I'm surprised that scales haven't lost value because while there are a lot of good pieces, you get them and then you're done. People just you don't know, farm you don't, them. You don't need them afterwards. Yeah. We got number two here, Fox. All right. While working on mastery points, I find myself getting bored after roughly an hour of time. Uh, what tips and tricks do you recommend to make the time more enjoyable while I sit there with my little sharpened stick trying to order my flying rat to bit the monster attacking me instead of helping it attack me? <laughs> I mean, sure. I've glanced over the page on how to get his breath to be just the right amount of minty freshness without being too minty. <laughs> what? <laughs> As I, I know what that refers to, but... Uh, as a fellow spear enthusiast, 
<laughs> what can you pass on for how to train my Dragoo? I mean, Gravity Challenge Rant. So he wants to do more Dragoon stuff, which is cool. Dragoon's a great job. Well, he originally wants um, to know how to be bored while getting points. Yeah, and not be bored while getting points. Fortunately, Dragoon is a spammy enough job to where you can kind of divide your attention really easily while leveling it. And typically what I do is I just watch YouTube. Wow. I have two monitors. I have YouTube going on one. And then I just, you know, on Pup, I just howling fist things until I have enough so, points. So Abject's a person of means here. He's got a group and a static. Does he have Trishula? He might. We actually don't go after Aeonix very often. That's another thing, too. Like, my group will start doing Aeonix and carrying, like, tonight we're going to do Aeonix and go do an Ambuscade and call it a night instead of like, doing Odyssey because we can do whatever now. There's like this whole game we ignore oh, that we've ignored for the past year and a half. But no, having Trishul on Dragoon is to me more engaging than having other weapons where you just spam and the mob's dead, which is not fun. You want to skill chain an Apex anyway, you don't ever want to spam. Well, what I meant by spammy is that you use Stardiver to Sonic Thrust to Stardiver to Stardiver yeah. and something's generally dead, right? Yes. And three of those things being Stardiver means that you can split your attention a lot easier than needing to multi-step with like four different weapons. Yeah, it is less engaging to use three so, of the same weapon skills in a four-step. Yeah, but it's nice. I it mean, is it nice. Grind. And it does speed it up a lot. And it does make it more exciting to be able to skill chain like that on Dragoon and that weapon does do that a lot. So, I mean, if you were bored and didn't have Trishula, you could work on that. I mean, that's a good thing to do. I would say, oh, yeah. I would say though, when I get points, I only kind of want to do an hour. We did that one master party, Fox, for like an hour and a half, and we got like three hundred masterly points or some nonsense. You're three, talking about the last AOE one. The last AOE one, it was like three hundred something k exemplar points. Yeah, it was a lot, and that was only like an hour and a half. I think an hour and a half is like I don't want to do more than like we've had times we go two hours, two and a half hours, and it starts feeling really long. And that's that's always good to do. You get a lot more done, but I think just if you're especially solo breaking it up, like if I was making dinner or something after getting home and then we had like 30, 40 minutes before we are static to something and I don't have anything at that time to do besides, you know, like I've done everything else in my life at that point, I've showered or whatever the fuck, I would yeah. go out and just get 30 minutes and then be done with that and then go my static and be, hey, I use my time effectively and had fun. But if, when you're playing with friends or talking with people on Discord or whatever, it's a lot more fun. Like when we do our mastery AOE burns, Usually, like, four out of the five, six people there are people that we, like, in the link shell we know. We get in Discord together in our, our W2F Discord, and we talk to each other. That's more fun yeah. and engaging. Just, like, that's what the game's always supposed to be, is just having fun talking to people. Even if you're just, like, dicking around in the party chat, saying stupid stuff. Sometimes people, like, say stupid stuff back. Just doing that kind of thing, teaming up with one person, and just, like, that kind of thing happening. That's more engaging and fun than anything. So... I mean, yeah. it's kind of hard to join Discord with people unless you're already with people, you know, or, but just, I guess just doesn't hurt to ask and just playing with someone else is usually more fun. Yeah. Doing what I do where, because I have no life when I'm not in school, like I can, I can CP or EP for like eight straight hours Oof. Um, because I have no life, you know, when I don't go to school, it, it is what it is. So she put like me. a birdhouse or some shit, like a popsicle stick figure. What do you, you, would, you would think with all the birds that hang out and like tweet the uh, conspiracy, conspiracy theories yeah. at me. Yeah. Oh God. I forgot no. when we were doing our birds, we were saying that the conspiracy birds are back. Cause every time they mimic our magic, they're tweeting back at us. Yeah, but like I'll watch like this is where I watch like the five hour YouTube videos where like they're like breaking down like story elements of some story I'm interested in or something or or like I'll put on my like my I have a really cultivated uh, YouTube playlist. Like I'll put that on, just let it run. And like I'll just kind of mindlessly, you know, kill things for hours until something comes up. You can engage but, in a material analysis of your conditions and, you you know, whether you <laughs> seize back the means of production or not and watch like some Marxist shit. 
Uh, there you go. But um, the the thing is, though, is I you know it's 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 hard to expect anyone to to be able to do that. And like, I I I don't think that that's like a common thing to be able to sit down and, and grind like that, especially as an adult. So I I would say that it's probably a good sign that after about an hour of your time, you're getting a little bored with it because it means you're probably thinking there's more important things you could be doing, mm, which generally. is a, which is a positive and healthy thing. Change is always good and not, you, go. you know, breaking things up in the game. It may not be as productive as fast, but the game is not a rat race in one direction at all times. It's a matter of, you know, adventuring in many different ways at many different times. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's no rush. Like but, right now I'm, I'm camping the auction house and buying Batetsu because I refuse to buy it at 700 K. <laughs> and, and we were talking like, it's taken me longer to get this Batetsu than the entire mythic process has. And sometimes you just have to be patient. The same thing goes for like your CP parties and stuff. If you're soloing and you can only do about an hour, then cool, man, just enjoy your limits and don't become burned out on the game. Yeah. You don't want to get burned out because then everything that you were enjoying is no longer fun. Yeah, exactly. So number three, I've always found that pan searing is a huge pain to me. What are you using? Stainless steel, not enough lubricant? What's going on? Sure. It locks in the flavor like the Chinese government does its own citizens during a pandemic, but I always struggle with the cleanup. Can you recommend any tips or tricks for deglazing? Well, those are very different. If you're deglazing, generally it's not a problem to clean the pan. Deglazing gets the bits off the bottom of the pan. That's the point of deglazing. Honestly, I don't know enough about these processes. Like the closest thing I ever come to pan searing things is like how I cook Salmon. tofu sometimes. Um, but that's still not the same thing. And like I actually make a lot of soups, so I'm not really a good source of. I'll know, pan sear every problem. morning when I'm making my my jalapenos with my eggs and and my onions and stuff on a wrap with uh, some sriracha, yeah, some sour like, like cream. The closest I come to pan searing is like yeah, some when feta. I make jalapenos. Exactly. So, Which is really rare. As the one who is more familiar with pan searing, it's first going to depend on your pan here. Like, are you using like a Faberware stainless steel pan without proper oiling? Because if you don't have enough lubricant with a stainless steel pan, stainless steel in general, that's just going to stick to there and it's going to be just roadkill stuck on your pan. You need to have, <laughs> you're just not going to get shit out of that. It's going to be stuck and that's going to, you can't cook like that. So when you're cooking, like, I don't use stainless steel. I have just like a Circulon. You could use anything, uh, any non-stick pan, uh, as long as it's not old and beaten up because the stick does wear off and it becomes toxic and you don't want to you get a new stick. So stainless steel is always good for avoiding that. Uh, cast iron is always preferred if you're involved enough because if you season a cast iron pan, it is non-stick and it's the best pan that way. But that's effort and that's, that's old school. So if you're not doing that, cast iron would be good the way to go. And then you can deglaze to your heart's content. But so if you're deglazing, generally that wants to get all the bits off the bottom of the pan with like uh, wine or some oil or not oil, some vinegar, like acid, whatever you're using at that point to deglaze chicken broth. I mean, usually that like gets all the, you scrape everything off the bottom at that point, unless it's burnt on and you've, you've deglazed too late then. <laughs> deglazed too late. You've missed the boat. You've, you've missed your deglazing window. No one wants to deglaze burnt bitch. You want the brown bits to be deglazed. So, I mean, if you're doing a salmon, uh, you want to use, uh, if it's a higher, like salmon's going to be higher heat, so you're going to use more neutral oil, like, like grapeseed, rapeseed oil, and you're going to add like a little bit of butter to it so you have flavor because there's no flavor to rapeseed. But adding olive oil and butter in general helps elevate because it like raises the burn 
um, the burn temperature of your oil at that point from the butter being a lower burn temperature and burning too fast so that it will help raising it up. But you need to have proper, you know, lubricant in your pan to make things happen. So like when you throw in your salmon at that medium high temperature, which is going to be uh, face down, not skin down, because you don't want to do a skin down first on your salmon. If you happen to be like me and have skin salmon, because I like the skin on the salmon. Then yeah, then you flip over into the skin at the end of the, because it's more resilient. Doesn't stick. You're not to the supposed pan. to jump ahead and answer stuff later. Oh, he does ask that later. Whoops. But yeah, so you, it depends on what you're cooking, you're how here. you're cooking it, what you're using in your pan. But you want to always have some sort of like a little bit of olive oil, butter, whatever you're going on there with. You want to be able to like coat your pan. You want to have. You don't want to like let your pan dry up and stuff stick to it. You want to like move it around a bit. You don't want it to get in one bit for too long. Depends what you're making, but just yeah, you need to. It depends on what you're making and depends what you're cooking with. So I can't answer this question, but the shit situational also applies to real life things too. It does. Wow. But you should be deglazing if you're making meat or something. You know, it's, it's important to get those those nice burnt bits. Not not like black bits, but the brown bits. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, the closest thing I come to what you guys are talking about is uh, grilling stuff, but it's a whole different process. Some people have I wish pans. I had more input, though. Grill pans are always nice for making, like, bruschetta or something. Grilling bread's underrated. Yeah, that's actually something I'd like to try. Actually, I think I just need to bake more bread. Uh, I don't like, like, I, I don't I'm like kind yeast. of interested in that. I don't like yeast in my pussies, and I don't like yeast in general. Bread's annoying to me. <laughs> but it's it's so important. I buy a lot of bread, though. Yeah. I have bread is like me and bread is is like Oprah and everything else like 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 this. You can't see my fingers, but any rate, read the PS here so we can get back to like the ambuscade and shit. PS, when you eat fish, do you like it with the skin uh, when the skin is on or all off? Does it affect the flavor or just add crispness? Both, as always, abject. Thank you, abject, for sending your email. Fox, do you have experience with fish and skin on skin off? Yeah, I typically like it on. Um, it can be crispy. Um, it depends on how you cook it. Uh, sometimes, like, I'll, I'll basically all air on the side of leaving it on, and if it just doesn't turn out, it, it's just pretty easy to peel off, honestly. Especially if you oven bake it, it, it falls right off. So yeah, uh, when I grill, I typically try to leave it on to add some char to it, and that's where I get like a little more crispiness to it. Grilling and pan um, searing for skin is super important. But also, when I when I grill fish, I typically tend to make like little tinfoil boats. Like they, every fillet gets its own like special boat, and it has like I, I, I'm pretty elaborate with it. Like I have this way of like removing the top and stuff. Like I'm real particular about cooking fish on a grill. Interesting. And yeah, it just basically locks everything in with it um, as I cook it, and then eventually I'll remove it when I want to like add some, like specific amounts of sear, and then maybe I'll let it touch the grill later. Like just add that bit at the end. Um. But I haven't cooked fish in a long time, like not since I catered for people. So I think it's been a real long time since I've cooked fish like that anyway. So um, when you cook with tinfoil on fish, as people tend to do sometimes in the oven especially, don't add lemon juice to that. That's one rule I know of. Do not add lemon juice to your fish in a tinfoil boat <laughs> because the the metal goes through a reaction with the acid and leads to like the generation of some carcinogen or something, if I recall. Yeah. So you, you don't want to, you add the lemon after, like spritz it over, get a fresh lemon if you want, or get the lemon juice out of the, the real lemon, whatever you got, and then put your finger over it and get the little drops on. But yeah, don't add lemon juice to the cooking process. It doesn't really do anything. I like, usually use oil, actually. It's like usually oil with like some sort of like spice uh, mix, like a salt and spice mix is typically what I'll do. I like adding a little bit of ginger and stuff to my, my salmon with salt, pepper, 
garlic. Yeah, ginger can be nice. But so the skin's important for grilling and for uh, pan searing. Because if you have a, especially a thick cut of salmon and you, you go skin side down, not skin side, but like flesh side, the pink salmon down first, when you flip over, uh, it gives you more time to let the rest of the salmon cook through and not get stuck to the pan because the skin doesn't get stuck to the pan like the, the flesh of the salmon does. So that's always important. It also is more resistant to the heat of the cooking so you don't overcook and dry out your salmon or whatever fish you're cooking, you don't want to dry it out by overcooking it. Yeah. So... Skin on for me, I like it. It, it adds it adds crisps, it adds the context uh, of, of texture between the two, and it's also omega threes. So that's actually like one of the big reasons why I do the boat thing that I was talking about is because I have that removable top part that I make, and it's to lock in the moisture, like because you don't want to dry out fish. Usually, just overcooking and dries it out too. So it's true, yeah. Can always just cover it in teriyaki sauce. Honestly, fish just cooks really quickly, no matter it what. It does. So really you just have cooking. to sit there and watch it. And yeah, you can use teriyaki sauce or like really any um, any sugar-based sauces too. Generally, anytime um, it tells you to cook a fish to something or any meat to something, you can go 10 degrees under and it's done. Yeah, because it's, it's not going to hurt you unless you like fished it out of the brownest creek next to where you live, you know? <laughs> like most of the time the fish is going to be You don't want to undercook Atlantic-caught salmon because there's the most chance of getting worms. But like if, it, if it's, if it's, like, if it's like 145 for salmon, I think, you can go 135, you're fine. Yeah. For Fahrenheit, of course. Nonetheless, so the last thing this month was the Ambuscade. Yeah, super easy month. I feel like I say that every single month because I, I honestly believe it. But yeah, this time it truly is. I joined this a pug and it was not easy with the pug I joined on day zero. How? Like, like what happened? So, didn't have a red mage. Oh. Yes, see, now, now that answers everything. So let's go about the, how it's easy on VD when you have a red mage. Okay. So basically, you'd want to have your bard, your core. You don't need a tank this month. Don't even take one. It's a waste. But you want a red mage and typically a white mage to keep everyone from dying from the bomb that comes out that kills everyone. So if you're fast enough, the white mage can survive. Because when this came around the first, like like last time, not the first time, but the last time it came around, I actually went white mage to this as the insurance policy. And there were a lot of runs where I just didn't die because you can kill the, the, the boss fast enough. That's how easy this month is. It is definitely possible for the white mage to survive. So when you take your two DDs, your core, your bar, your red mage, and your white mage, because the white mage stands away and the, the baby bomber that can either be split damage, which would be fine, or killing everyone, multiplying damage, which would be bad, you just keep them away. And only one ever went off in our groups. If you, if you kill the Don fast enough, which has an accuracy cap around 1400 uh, on VD, then you won't ever have one come out, which is certainly possible depending on how your group's set up. But essentially it's the Dark Knight, the Warrior, the Black Mage that rolls dice, and the Don in the middle. The Don with his ice spike mm -hmm. sucks. You want to take those off. But yeah. the easiest way is to take a Red Mage and start the fight off with it binding the one on the left or the right. Generally just do the left, the Dark Knight looking one. And then the mobs come at you. Someone takes the mobs with a hate spell, like uh, I sub Rune on Blue and just do like Valiance. And the mobs chase me. The Red Mage, which is used spontaneity, has now bound the other one. Let me take it to the corner. The Bard sleeps the Encanter, as it did in the past. But since since they changed it this month, so it constantly wakes up, basically our Bard just engages and says, fuck it. And we just kill the Don as fast as possible. And so as long as they're bound, it's no problem. If we don't have a Red Mage, it becomes more of a problem. And you can do the fight in like three minutes that way. It's, it's just very And, and as you, one of the changes they made is that... Um, as you drop the Dawn, which is the boss's HP, 
uh, it has a chance of waking up the encanter that's that's asleep, or basically it's removing debuffs from it, but it's usually going to be uh, the sleep that it removes. A lot of times you can kill the dawn so fast that wait, it, it's actually a benefit because it'll wake the encounter up, and then the encounter will start walking over to you and be there by the time the boss. That happened a lot. So too, yeah, so yeah, it like basically pulls itself, and you fight the encounter next, and then you know. Yeah. But the, the um, mobs then, have an aura if they're too close, so you have to bind them separately, of course. That way you're not getting the aura, which makes them take less damage. And they'll also, like, fuck your shit up, too. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, like, when it comes to the White Mage, also, like, a lot of people don't like to go White Mage because they're like, oh, I don't want to just sit here and die over and over again. Um, you actually get positive EP going as White Mage because usually you'll only die, like, one time max. Depending and, the group, uh, let's say you die twice. Even if you die twice, like, you still have re-raise four. You don't lose anything, really. So there's there's no point in in like being sad about going white mage to it. It's like you're basically just getting free points, and the and the party's just carrying you. So that should resonate with a lot of those Azurans out there that you know don't like to do anything. Yeah, um, you don't even have to really besides, besides getting up and casting a raise and casting a cure or something. You don't yeah. have to do much on white mage because the mobs just die really fast. I like like taking a dancer or a blue or something. Like the red mage even cares too. So like the white mage is just kind of there just to save the party because the, it's hard coded to go after the white mage. So mm-hmm. I had a white mage in the pug that's like, why do we separate? I don't see a reason for me just to die over and over again. It's because it calls one of two bombs out, and if it's the split damage bomb of 6,000 damage or whatever... It's yeah, always er- that one, by the way. Is it always that one? Because it calls the other yeah, one Yeah, it's always going to be that one on your white mage. So what's with the other one where it does multiplying damage with... I've never been hit by it. I've only been ever been hit by Dirty Bomb. Well, there'd be no reason to split apart then. Yeah, but I like to make sure everything will be fine. I mean, technically it does keep everything from being fine, but we I've had it in the pug group where it calls out that, with the white mage in the party, it calls out Basically, that other bomb and, and kills everyone because it's multiplying damage. I've had it happen. The, the fight fun. is so easy that there's no reason not to just stop gambling and just ensure that the bomb goes somewhere where it can't hurt anyone. Yes, so... Because you don't lose anything as the white mage. Like You might as well just get up and re-raise for yourself again just in case you're going to get hit. But again. I have had it be the wrong bomb, which would wipe the whole party in the wrong. Oh yeah, definitely. And you don't want to lose exemplar points or something you can avoid by having the white mage stand away because it just the bomb runs away and blows up on the white mage and that's it. Yeah, because the, the points you're losing on white mage is negligible. Like you don't even notice. Like I, I come out of every one of those runs positive on EP. So don't don't use that as a reason not to go white mage this month. Like and and, and when you're the white mage, like pre-buff too. Like the ice spikes is a big deal. So go ahead and pre-buff with bar paralyze and bar blizzard. And make sure that you have a solid regen set for your party because you need to be able to heal them in some way, you know, while you're dead. Like the red mage will spot heal, sure. But, um, you know, just do what you can to ensure their success the best you can because you're not really going to do much during the fight. By the time you get up after you've died the first time, like the boss is probably going to be dead and they're probably already have murdered the encanter too. Yeah, and then the other two mobs are easy to fight when they're separate. So Yeah, they, they just explode. If like they come unbound, just so have their mage rebind them and run away for a second, and you're fine. Yeah. And even on VD, like, the, the fight requirements aren't even that high. Like, their, their act isn't very high, or, or their evasion, I mean, isn't very high. Well, no, the Don was four damage, so using one magic all was effective, but... Yeah, there you go. Just make sure you buff forward or eat the right food. And, like, honestly, it looks like they gimped it this time, too, because, like, all of the mobs do half the damage they used to. Yeah, it looks like that. They take less damage though when the aura's on, it looks like. When my group went in, I didn't give them a Madrigal, but I think they ate like accuracy food. And uh I was on Bard and I, I buffed them with uh Honor March, Attack, Attack, and uh Knightsmen, just to be on the safe side. And that was that was more than enough. Like you just kind of steamrolled it. So, so there's a lot of different ways you can approach this. So yeah, so if you don't have a red mage, it becomes more tricky. 
becomes a lot more tricky. <laughs> So you have I was to do like the old old school method where everyone solos a mob. Well, not really. So I was on Rune Fencer to hold the two oh. mobs, the Warrior and the Dark Knight, which gives them the aura, which works mm-hmm. fine. Except randomly, I don't know if it's aura related or just the Don dying related. But randomly, they will both throw a bomb toss at you at the same time. Especially if the Don's just died. It's not unique to that because it's done it long before the Don died and kills me. It'll do eighteen hundred on both hits to my rune and kill me with thirty six hundred damage. So yeah, I, I was like holding the mobs and they'd kill the Don. And then, you know, we would just, they, one, one more would evoke the other one. And I'd run away with the last one to separate the aura off if they kill the encounter. And that was fine for one run. But the next run, it was just, they were just throwing the bombs at me, just killing me instantly <laughs> on Rune Fencer. Just, I couldn't avoid it. Um, just, I mean, maybe if one for all was on at the right time, but you don't know when they're going to throw the bombs and they throw them both in unison when they have aura on, it seems. So either you split them up and have the white mage die multiple times and you don't have a red mage. Which, if you're doing D, should be even easier. Just if you don't have red mage, just do D, I guess. But you can just have like one warrior run in with Warcry or something, or some sub warrior with Warcry, and have people take their own mobs, and that will work. I think in my example, if I wasn't holding both mobs on Rune in the corner, it would have been fine. But then you only have like one DD fighting a Don, and things take longer. But that is a way to do it, but you have to split everything up. So no matter what you do this month, you have to split everything up. We used to have the, the way we did it a long, long time ago, like like multiple iterations in the past is uh, we had a rune, a bard and the red mage all fight the boss while um, a ninja and uh, like or no, we, we had like two ninjas. So we always had two ninjas in the run and the ninjas soloed the, the melee mobs. I remember and doing then, that way. Yeah. And then when their their mob died, they would join the boss and continue fighting the boss with everyone else who was there fighting the boss. And the white mage of course died on their own because that was removing the gambling from it. Yeah. So you can still and do it then, that way. It'll take yeah. longer, but it's definitely a way to win without like a red mage. So if you can't find a red mage in your shout group, just explain to everyone the white mage will die. Two people take their own mobs and then everyone else that's left the three people, the red mage, the bard and the, and the tank, or it doesn't have to be a tank. It'd be a blue mage. It could be a DD. You don't. Yeah. Realize, a hardy DD. Yeah. Hardy DD. And just, and then we'll fight the down in the middle and that will definitely still work. I'd, I'd say blue and black mage uh, are not blue and black mage, but blue mage and dark knight are probably good candidates. Warrior. If you can't get a ninja uh, warrior is a little less self-sufficient. Yeah. But you could probably get away with it. If you're, if like your, your geo or your bard or something is supporting you or, or your red mage is supporting you, you know, while the white mage is dead, you could probably get away with it that way. I don't know. I think a blue is really good for this in the event of the white mage going down because the blue definitely can spot heal and take care of things. Yeah. I think a blue is ideal, in my opinion, again. Blue just is super solid. I'm biased, point. but it's it's really effective of just doing the same damage as a lot of these jobs that are left, like Red Mage or, or Bard, and then also having, you know, counter, phalanx, curing, stuff like that. Yeah. And you could probably also have a Puppet Master hold one of the mobs, too, if you want to do Pup. Yeah, Pup actually would be really good for this, too. In the, fact, you could probably the have the Pup could hold, have hold one. one. Yeah, you, you could have the Puppet hold one while you fight the other one across the way. Yeah. And then just join with your puppet later while the rest of the group is killing the Dawn. And that's probably a pretty effective way. That actually it. would work a lot better than just taking one rune to hold two. That's actually really good. And also, there, there's no reason to sleep the encanter. If you can just, you could also just use your puppet master to, to hold the encanter somewhere cold and alone. Take two pups. Yeah, just take two pups. Have them howling fist the boss to death while they're... Pup is usually really shit. good for ambuscade, too, in various ways, just like this. And it's, we usually don't go to pup first, but when we start talking about it, it's like, oh, that's actually a really good idea. And and let's say you have to eat a bomb, right? The a damage split bomb. You might as well have more bodies there. And the the puppets are are hardy, you know, pets that have enough HP to survive those bombs, especially when they're split. So you 
you kind of want to think of it that way too. Like if, if, if you happen to be super tanking them for whatever reason, if everyone is nearby, you might as well split that bomb eight ways instead of six ways. So it's something to think about. Saying you should do it that way, but uh, if push comes to shove and you can only build that kind of party, like I'd there's multiple doing ways of doing it, just for fun, even. Yeah, but dude, now we talk about popping this episode, and it comes full circle. Like, why would you want to pop a minister? Here you go. This month's ambuscade, and it's not just this month; it's been other months too. I, I think a lot of it is, is that whenever we talk about a particular job that like people don't really pay attention to, it's more so that you can fit a lot of jobs into things people don't think about. And it's not just this month with Puppet Master. It's just jobs in general you can bring to things and it doesn't have to be as ideal or, or match the strategy you see on a forum or some shit. You can pretty much fight whatever you want in this game with whatever setup you want as long as you're prepared. So someone had asked in um, like a various XI Discord, like, is Summoner still good in this game for endgame? Like, should yeah. I? <laughs> nah, it all sucks. And I, so like, I thought to myself, like, how do I explain to this person in the game's environment we live in, the status quo, that for people who just keep joining, like, a V20, three mobs in a row, do 5% damage, AFK the rest of the fight, how do I explain to these people that taking a summoner is actually really important for, so fighting, valuable. for fighting three mobs in a row? It's essential, wow. actually. How do I explain to this person that for the most relevant content in the game, summoner is, is a keystone to being able to beat more than one fight in a time where people don't beat any fight <laughs> just for points and get the okay. same rewards essentially. But it's like so, here, here's how my group clears embos now, by the way. Uh we don't bring a blue mage to it because we use our blue mage on end guy and we actually just use Beastmaster and Summoner as the I TP resets. Yeah. Because you're also giving TP bonus uh so so basically your Dark Knight is gaining not only TP bonus from Crystal Blessing, you're also getting haste to go, which takes you know some emphasis off of what hasters you need to bring. And you're getting Killer Instinct all on that Dark Knight, along with Warcry from Ifrit. Like, you, you get a lot of buffs that you wouldn't necessarily get from Blue Mage, but you would get a less effective TP reset. So as long as you're coordinated with the rest of your group and uh, you know when to use your Conduit and when to use your Unleash and when they need to use your Soul Enslavement, you can absolutely get away with, uh, with, with using Summoner in the Embos fight. You use Soul Enslavement before 25, and then when you get to 25, yeah. you rotate between yeah, we, the Conduit and the Unleash? We use soul enslavement at 74. Okay. So that that way he's getting the most out of the buffs. It's, it's kind of what I ran down before. And then when we hit, uh, when we hit a, um, a high 26%, uh, that's when the unleash starts. And then I man, I'm usually summoner for this, by the way, and I'll actually count when he does it and like watch the time. And at about three seconds before, uh, unleashes off, I start the, uh, the mewing conduit. And then right at the end of the mewing conduit, we have him turn for a second. And then I use uh, perfect defense. <laughs> and we finish them up. Dude, that's awesome, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so is summoner relevant? Absolutely, because... Oh, yeah, summoner's so good. Yeah. Buffing. And you Buffing can't, you can't so find awesome. a summoner that can do that because they just conduit AFK for, like, Albie <laughs> yeah. from old, outdated content and just don't even, don't even know how to do the job at all. And it's just really upsetting. Oh, yeah. And summoner's huge on like a lot of the the tier twos and tier ones. Like it's still important that you clear those in some amount of time that's not you know yeah. too long. It's like um, it's summoner like, is always a haste job for haste to get. It's like how do I explain to this guy in an example of the game where no one beats anything, and they just get points, which is the worst system ever, getting so many points without doing anything. They should at least get to like fifty percent, then it'd be very fair. Pacifying Ruby is, is invaluable when yes. you need it. So we've been doing Procne as our number two because some people still need points in the belt that are newer to the group. Yeah. And we're taking Dragoon, Samurai, Thief, Paladin, uh, Summoner, and Dancer. 
That sounds right. And I'm double down on damage. Yeah, I'm collaborating. I'm trick attacking the Dragoon who's shedding hate with high jump and uh, super jump whenever like the one hour comes up for a second before I larceny it. And I'm collaborating the thief, not the thief. I am the thief. I'm collaborating the samurai and I'm getting pacifying rubied by the summoner and it's never a problem. Yeah, if it, if it never comes off your Paladin, you don't need to heal anyone, because your Paladin yep. should be getting hit for zeros. So the problem with Procne was always it coming off and one-shotting with, like, from the skies or whatever yeah. in a random DD, even in DT. Yeah, so and as long as you can control hate, you're good. Yeah. If those are all jobs you wouldn't just, like, thief, dance, or summon. Those are all jobs you wouldn't just think of having, and they absolutely are so great for killing Procne and other, other mobs. You and do you headwind. also don't want to be a lazy summoner, either. Like, when I go summoner, I'll go in and I'll apply Shell Crusher. And Carrot said she was doing upwards of like 14k against Procne with uh, Siren's uh, piercing claws, whatever the fuck she uses. I believe that. Yeah. So you're doing actual yeah. damage on a job that's full supporting and keeping everyone from dying with pacifying Ruby. It's beautiful. I use my Claustrum and hit it with Gates of Tartarus too. <laughs> to dispel it? No, for the attack down. <laughs> yeah, dude, I debuff that shit with a staff, man. Procne is an example of both magical and physical threat of high degree. Oh, yeah. Pentapec is pretty high damage if you're caught wrong. For physical uh, from the skies is magical, so you know. Yeah, you gotta be you gotta be super careful with a lot of these. Even though they're tier twos, like they can still kill you because typically you're not bringing like your A game to those fights. Like those are your filler fights, so you can get the times nine bonus, you know, from fighting the three and then using your amplifiers and all that. So like usually you blow your load on the uh, <laughs> like the tier three mob, and then you've got like that 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 extra you know the the pillow talk afterwards of the, the, the next talk. two tier one or tier two mobs you want to fight. Or even tier threes. Like Dude, we just set on Ubanai and call it a night. We'll kill him in like five, four minutes. Yeah. Just call it a night. Yeah, sure. But yeah, Summoner is an insanely valuable. Like any any buff job that provides abstract buffs while also providing haste two is always going to be good in that content. Perfect defense to finish off and bows. That's great. It's fucking sexual, dude. <laughs> like when, when, like the first time, because I was like, don't worry, guys, I got this. I have a plan for under 25%. And like the, the first time they saw Alexander pop up, they were like, oh, yeah. I can't believe it even takes Alexander at that point. The whole minute of those two jobs should be enough to finish at the end. Uh, it depends. Like we don't necessarily go like super ham. Like we don't have like the geo boosting his attack further or anything uh, like that. Okay. Like, yeah, you, 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 you have could at that point and finish it in that minute. You could. You you have less less attack buffs with the summoner, but like you can still get the job done. And the benefit isn't necessarily that it makes the embos fight like super efficient or anything, because using the blue mage is probably still more efficient. The point is is that you can use the blue mage in other fights, and that's what's the blue mage is only more efficient if it removes a more TP than the summoner in an important matter, because oh. that's all the blue mage is really adding besides holding the end. The other super important thing about summoner is that it's not an auto loss on embos if you get magic hacked down. Yeah, yeah. Kate, Kate Sith doesn't care about that. You sure, it, it only takes off like it only takes off like fifty percent TP, but it is not magic accuracy check. So both TP drain kiss and mewing lullaby don't care about the aura. So you don't have an auto lose condition. Just as a you so know, who holds your ad then? Uh, if you're going to do the V twenty, um, everyone would technically hold the ad in that case. Ooh, that's going to be rough. Blue Mage holding the ad on V twenty is nice. Well, everyone's going to be TPing on the ad. Yeah, yeah, that's in that, true. In that situation, that's true. So even then, it's it's still effective. So V19 because I mean, mewing lullaby is, is yeah, mewing lullaby is still going to be AOE, whereas feather tickle is not AOE, but reaving wind is. So I mean, you kind of kind of have to take your good with your bad there. Mewing is still more powerful than than reaving wind. Maybe sometimes it feels like it is, and sometimes it isn't. Is it random on mewing? 
you know, it's not random. It's just you have to be very, very careful. So while TP drain kiss shows you how much you drained, mewing shows you what you set the, the TP of the mob to. Just so the, the summoner the summoner has to be very, very specifically careful about seeing the rate at which that climbs, because you're actually going to see it climb. Like the first mewing you do in the in the rotation when you're when you're spreading it out with the with the leech, the first mewing you're going to see it set to three hundred, and then the next mewing you might see it set to three seventy five, and then the next mewing you might see it at like four thirty or something. So you know you're getting like a generally like around a plus fifty um, gain per rotation, which matters at like 50% when you can't let it hit 2k, or it matters at uh, 25% when you can't let it hit 1k, like it's real technical. And if you know that rate that it's going, you can actually anticipate when the dark needs to turn and you need to do a full reset of the mobs. Because you can't anticipate that with blue mage, so at least you can see what's happening with summoner. You can see the exact numbers with summoner, yes. Blue, you just have to keep And that's what we've been doing. We have to go based on the leech at that point, which the leech is enough to tell you. And what I typically do is until 50% all count to 12 seconds after I see the leech do TP drain kiss. Then after 50%, I do uh, nine seconds. And at 25%, um, well, obviously we're doing all that other shit. So, But basically you actually want to wait as long as possible with mewing lullaby because it seems like it takes a percentage of the mobs TP. So you're actually removing more TP the longer you wait. Hmm. So you have to be really, really careful about the TP amounts and it rewards being meticulous like but it's definitely doable. Especially when you come into it. Oh, yeah. And having perfect information about the mob's TP is excellent, too. So, yeah. And we actually had a situation where um, Alex at the end did actually save us. <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, we ate an uproot under perfect defense, and we didn't even care. It was great. So you've been farming some V19 that way? Yeah. Yeah, pretty smooth. I think we've only lost, like, one time. And that was because of other problems. <laughs> Is this where we say the words? I'm not worried about it. Let's not worry about it. Alrighty. All right. Always going to be on your guard when you fall down. It was definitely not summoner early. Oh, oh, I can imagine. (laughs) But yeah, you weren't using like like fell cleave or anything, were you? (laughs) We were not using fell cleave. No fell. Uh, No adventuring fell. Oh, it's true. Yeah. So (laughs) summoner is incredibly good though. Yes. And in fact, I've actually been thinking about picking up the uh, SU4 staff for Summoner because uh, the augment on that, a lot of times people are down on it because it's not as good as Nirvana because it like occasionally doubles your physical damage or whatever, but it's not for blood packs. It's just for your physical damage. But they often overlook that it occasionally doubles the duration of your blood pack wards. Ooh. That's almost never focused on. I'm actually pulling it up right now because I don't know what it fucking does. Yeah, because like most people don't see Summoner as like this superior buffing job, and it's it really a is. buffing job that needs a little more buffs. But they need to be tweaked. Yeah, it's definitely, a thing. but it still yeah. does work the way it is. Chance of oh, yeah. uh, doubling blood pack status plus twenty five percent. Yep, and chance of double damage plus fifty percent. Yeah. So why wouldn't you buff with that, right? Yeah, because I, I I mean a lot of times summoners don't want to do that because the, it's like the status symbol to be able to. Uh, you know, hit certain skill thresholds while having your staff locked so that you can maintain Nirvana Aftermath. But why do you give a shit about Nirvana Aftermath if you're, if you're not, not doing damage. using it offensively? Yeah, you might as well get one of these staves. Most of the time in Odyssey, you're not using Nirvana at all. So, I mean, in terms of yeah. the Aftermath, it's just not relevant. Yeah, and you should 100% get one of these staves. And honestly, you should get the SU5 if you're that serious about Summoner. But honestly, the SU4 is probably just fine, too. 
you know, randomly getting because because like my haste to is like just shy of nine minutes because I don't have perfect gear on summoner. But if like you double that, then you only have to haste to the one time and never have to worry about your blood pack timer during your mewing rotation to use the apogee to reapply haste to You can actually just save the apogee for emergency situations during mewing, for example. That's the thing about it. you're doing you're doing crystal blessing for TP bonus on Shiva war cry. The end fire yeah. is actually rather powerful too. I've had eighty yeah. plus damage hits against like Ubanai or something like that. The, as a single weapon dealer, that's a lot of extra white damage, a ton actually, between all the players in the party. If you're not using like a dancer or something, uh, and then you have Haska, like having any one of those out of the four there get doubled, so you can focus on, you know, using pacifying high whitey pass. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what's wrong? You can either using pacifying ruby or using a healing ruby or curing conduit. No, 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 no. We're not doing and, this. And here's something that a lot of hardcore summoners like actually bitch about quite a bit. But it's also overlooked that this staff has plus 130 HP. Summoners HP. are notorious for having really low HP and just getting obliterated. Every HP counts. So Every inch of HP. Up. Every inch of HP, it all matters. There's summoners that too. summoners that job that like during blood packs, it's very common to see them drop into like yellow HP yeah, because of the, their swaps, and they just have no better gear to use. And a lot of times, yes, that is an offensive swap that they're doing because it's for blood pack damage from uh, the apogee set. But you do both of your good but, summoners, so just focusing and standing there because a lot of summoners, I guess, the buff yeah. just stand there. Yeah. You can still get physical with this staff too. Like you can still apply shell crusher for your group because it's got an insane amount of accuracy on it. It's 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 a slept on staff because people only focus on the damage, but like the other things it can do are still perfectly great. Then even on the auction house, it's also really fucking expensive for compared to other SU fives because no one ever sells it. Well, yeah, because no one ever sells them or buys them. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think even the SU four would be sufficient, but that's what I believe too. I, that's why I'm going to start with an SU four. Um, especially now that I've decided to do a King Konkin over Nirvana as my next one. Um, I think supplementing that by getting this staff would be nice. Uh, because it, it plays more towards my play style. And stuff. Oh, dude, like, it's I only 2 mil for that. the SU-4 and it's on the auction house. Go pick that up. Fortunately, I'm standing right here. Unfortunately, you don't get the full benefit of the accuracy. You lose 10 accuracy and stuff like that unless you're in divergence, which you're not. But it's all the pet stats you end up losing out on, it looks like. And that's fine. I mean, it's a huge hit to lose all like 40, 50 pet accuracy and magic accuracy and stuff too. But I mean, just if you're going for the path C, it's not a huge loss. It's like 5%, 20% chance of doubling. Yeah, I'll buy this now. But um, yeah, someday I'll get to augment it. But yeah, it, it's it's definitely something that you should look into if you're a summoner for Shul C, because I think it's going to be one of your best saves. Shul C? It's actually, or not Shul C, uh, Jail. Jail. Oh, a summoner can come to Shul C. It's true, yeah. I've actually wanted to main heal once I get ML30. I think it would be really cool uh, to sub-scholar. You might as well switch over to a full DD burn at that point. Yes, I believe because so too, because you aren't going to have the long regen. Yeah, the benefits of the offense you're providing with the war cry, the end fire, and the, the TP bonus are going to be more felt with a full DD yeah. burn. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yes, honestly, like Clostrum is also overlooked for that reason too, for just its supportability. Because he gives you DT while you're doing your shenanigans. He gives you a shit ton of refresh, which is neat. Because, you know, you're going to use gates to lower attack. And on a lot of these mobs, lowering attack can save people's lives. So you will land it. And it's right up there with Shellcrusher. So go ahead and give that a try, too. 
Colostrum so is really easy to make. For those who don't have Colostrum in front of them, it uh, provides you the aftermath, provides you pet accuracy. No, that's no, actually pet accuracy in general, which is funny. Yeah, the aftermath's uh, DT20 and Refresh 15. Yep. So. And it's not like you really need the Refresh either, but the DT20 is nice between your swaps because a lot of times when you use your um, your blood packs, they have like no DT in them whatsoever. Yeah. So if you're doing defensive buffs and you're also in the shit because you're giving like defense down or like you're setting up for like skill chains for what it's worth, jail is not really the best skill chain place. Um, yeah. It's nice to have that available so that you don't die because you are super squishy. And the the dealing with the R15 or anything, but it's just extra M any minus if you do, which is not a bad thing. Yeah, I bought that staff. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I didn't have to buy it for seven mil like I did the Black Mage staff. Oh uh, yeah, Black Mage staff. Is, I ruined the price on that. Yeah. Single-handedly. Hey, I mean, I pay seven to have it up. Yeah. It's hard to even get these staves up. So how often do you use Shaquaddle? Shaquaddle? Because I, I know you have a Shaquaddle, right? A what? The SU5 for Pup? I don't have it. Oh, I thought you did. No, I don't. It's purely for pet play, really, unless you want the, the subtle blow path with it occasionally. I would rather the subtle blow yeah. path, frankly. But, I mean, they're both good. It's just, I was meaning to ask you about it. I just figured it was always just so weapon. the problem is the reason I didn't get it. I actually owned it at one point and sold it back because oh. it's like 60 mil or something. I got it for I'm like, that's a lot of gill I could use. Yeah. So it's effectively only for this cat. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Now that I have this cat in my lap. So Your he conspiracy stops cat. Yeah, he's my conspiracy cat. He wants to get fed. Uh-huh. So if I can stop him from meowing, we're almost done. So it's effectively really just, since I have Concoconut, it's really just for overdriving with Sharp Shot, and I never do that, ever. It's like for letting your pet fight something, and I never do that. So, like, sure, maybe there's an Ambuscade you're doing that with. I just don't do that. So for overdriving on Valoredge, the, the FTP replication on Bone Crusher is much stronger under uh, the Aftermath occasionally attacks twice, thrice of the Concoconut. So there's more reason to have Kinkonkin for, like, usually if I'm thinking about something I want to overdrive, like Vinapata, that's going to not be Sharp Shot. That's going to be High Whitey. That's going to, <laughs> sorry. That's going to be, that's going to be Valoridge for Vinapata, which is a good way to do it if you don't have a summoner or if you have summoner to help add it with the pup, um, a pup to augment a summoner if you don't have enough summoners, whatever. That's a really good use of overdrive for something like that. But I usually don't overdrive stuff a lot, so I don't have a reason to, to invest an item. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Like overdrive's powerful, but it's just I don't need it generally. Yeah, and when you do the aftermath from King Kong, can typically supplements why you're unless I'm using Sharp Shot, which is going right. to be which specific. Is rare. Yeah, which is for specific NMs. It definitely uses it against certain NMs, and it does skill chain better. You, you like, <laughs> you're not going to if Valorage is skill chain with itself, you're in trouble. That's the problem. You don't want to use <laughs> you don't want to use inhibitors. You don't want to use speed loaders. You don't want it because. String Clipper sucks compared to, like, if you're doing 71K Bone Crushers against Vinapata, your String Clippers are, like, doing, like, 13K or something stupid. You're not going to win that way. I believe that. Yeah. It doesn't get the, the undead bonus. Yeah, and it's not blunt, so. Yeah. That's a weird frame in the way it occupies that. Yeah, I'd always wonder, because I always see a lot of uh, pup turning around Shaquaddle, but... They just I... do it because it's the only thing they can wear for their pet besides Oatis, and they don't... The, the Obero weapon doesn't add anything to pup. And just... Yeah, it's yeah. it's the greatest thing for sharp shot. It affects the, the shots of the puppet, and like... But when have you ever felt the need to have your puppet shoot and do all the damage by itself without you doing anything? 
I almost never yeah. do that, honestly. I'd be more interested in Path Bay. In fact, I'm, a, I'm afraid of that style of play. Like, I'm going to be, like, the only puppet master at master level that, you know, has no idea how to tank properly. Because, so like, I'll have done everything the physical way. You see tons of mules with Path C doing that because they just send all their pets on it with Send or whatever and AFK. And, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. But, like, I don't play that way. So I'm not five pups being auto-sended to send their pups. You're not five yeah, pups? I'm not five pups to do that. I, there's one that was AFK in, in Murray the other day. He doesn't just, know how to five just pups. Just, like, five pups in the same lock style, all wearing Siglottal, you know, so. Yeah. Just, no. So I don't have it. 300 bill worth of overdrive? It's, it's a lot, man. And they weren't even, they were, like, rank nine, rank two. Like they weren't even, they weren't even, like, 25 on, the, on their SU-5s. It's a project. It is, and their 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 Taeon had no augments, so it's like I don't know why you bought that and have no Taeon augments. But hey, oh, I do need to go make the Taeon set actually. I, I don't I, have, I have the Taeon set for pup. I use it sometimes. It's not common. I'm I'm really a pup and master puppet master first kind of player. Like I don't like if I was like didn't have a group or something and was trying to like send my pup to like kill certain NMs for gear leveling up with overdrive. Yeah, I could see it. But I just have never played that way because I'm really big on my puppet tanking while I'm fighting or skill chaining with my puppet while I'm fighting. Like those are the kinds of ways I play. The ways I think puppet excels. Not like if you have like a bunch of people using pets at once. Like on Odin, I use the pet set only and having like the puppet hold it or something. Yeah, I could do that on like an Odin pug. As you see, Odin pugs yell for pup. That's what they want. Yeah, that's what I'd use it for there. Even then, I would just use Otis because I'm not doing damage there. So yeah, it's just those like, but I don't use pup in that way generally. Actually, you want like as little accuracy as possible because you don't want to feed him any real TP. Yeah. yeah, Odin's a weird fight. That's for sure. But yeah, I think I think for being gone for two weeks, I think this is a fucking packed episode where we did everything in like two and a half hours. Yeah, it's almost like we had like some kind of focus. Yeah, yeah. Focus we, for having like no topic. The, the update was like two items long, and we had two good emails. Thank you guys, and we had our own oh. personal stories and all the fucking stuff we want to talk about. Yeah, I just wanted to mention something about the normal ambuscade this month, though. Like, I see that in the notes it says that uh, capacity point bonus from vanquishing Februs has been increased from plus three hundred percent to plus four hundred percent. Like, for those folks who can't do VD Ambuscade, and if you can sit in there and, like, farm these mobs, and if they actually do have a good capacity point return, which I'm going to go check out, actually, after we get done talking um, at some point. I can put it in the notes, too. If, you yeah. Know. I, I want to, I actually want to see if you get, like, a substantial amount of CP, because, like, going in there and, like, being the dick that isn't completing Ambuscade, but instead, like, farming the boss, uh, because it's like spitting out mobs that give you like plus four hundred percent capacity bonus, like, and you're trying to like job master like doing this as the newest I, player, even just doing that. Yeah, I this this could just be a good way of farming CP, honestly. Because like, if it constantly spits out mobs and they give you like sixty five k CP, like farming this is probably better than like trying to roll frankly, through like frankly the way that V two is so shitty and it's just for the newest player soloing. They should make them CP bonuses so there's more of a they reason should. for those players to yeah. actually get a little more acquainted to like being able to get some job points, get some bonuses, get some SU3, and get into the game a little more. Yeah, with uh, especially if like a lot of these mobs typically like shit out other mobs. Like that seems to be like the V2 thing is like they, they, they typically will, will just like poop mobs out. And if they all give you like a lot of CP, then you at least are incentivized to do it while someone working towards, you know, I'd, I'd say that's a good exchange for not getting gallantry. And with the AoE hate there, having your, your trust tank do stuff generally will give you the hate on the trust tank, which is fine. Yeah. It gives you a dynamic way to get CP 
that isn't just like I did a skill chain to a mob and hopefully it died and play the game. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool. So I'll be checking that out to see if the CP bonus is worthwhile. And if it is, then I'm going to be a douchebag who sits in ambuscade and farms that for 30 minutes. The queue's really cool. And then re Yeah. But imagine if everyone on Azura started, you know, who wasn't job master, just sat in V2 ambuscade and like uh, clocked up the queues. You should only be there if you need points too. But then again, I guess a lot of people would. During the easy mythic month. The, yeah, it is mythic month. What a jackass. We don't have that kind of reach, so. Right. Nobody, nobody is going to listen to this and figure that out. Hey, we do have people listen, so. It's fair, it's fair. But thank you, Fox. This was a good episode, I think. Yeah. Of course, the cat yeah. used the loader box stopped yelling at me. I don't know why you couldn't just do that in the first fucking place. Yeah, for sure. Why not? But yes, thank you. And I'm looking forward to, you know, doing more stuff. And next time is going to be a job episode if, out of the month updates out of the way, if our guy himself doesn't fall asleep again after a big meal. We're going to have a job of not Black Mage proportions covered next time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to talk about a job I suck at. <laughs> Wait, do you suck at any job, Fox? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I suck at jobs that aren't the six I play, so that's most jobs. Yeah, I, I suck at this job that's coming up. <laughs> I suck at Thief, that's for sure. I would have this job coming up, if you could believe that. It's also not Thief. <laughs> Hey, I've been enjoying playing Thief and Shul B, too, just being on the pole every I enjoy it when other people play Thief, yeah. <laughs> For sure. With my Path C Gandarin coming into effect, pulling all the mobs and Shul B. Yeah, man. Anyway, so, thank you, Fox. Yeah, man. It was cool. Um, later, guys. <laughs>